Yo, 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 this your boy T. Brown. What's up, brother? This your boy Troy. And welcome to the What's Up, Brother podcast. And we're back with another episode, guys. Now, we want to take the time out. We want to take the time out before we get started to thank you guys for uh, watching the video on YouTube, uh, listening to it on Spotify, any other of the uh yeah, platform you platforms you, that you're listening you, to it you, on but we want to give some special shout outs today man we was on spotify and we was looking at some of the analytics uh anchor and spotify uh looking at some of the analytics and uh right now we have 68 percent listeners in new jersey and that's jersey city shout elizabeth uh, jersey city shout elizabeth and Newark. so we want to thank you guys out there in north jersey city especially jersey city because that's where we from you know, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, shout out to you because you want our new listeners. Uh, yeah, I pay attention. You want our new listeners. I uh, want to shout out Missouri, uh, St. Louis, and St. Charles, man. Thank you guys for listening all the way out there. And we want to shout out uh, the one person that's listening in California, out there in San Fran. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We want to we want to thank you guys, man. We want to let you guys know we appreciate you. Uh, much love, man. Keep supporting us, man. We'll keep rocking with you guys. Keep bringing you guys good content, good conversations. But today, man... A is a good one. We got a a cop right in the now. building. We got we got a cop Woo-hoo. in the building today, and we're gonna be discussing police brutality, some misconceptions about it, and then his time in the army. All right, so we're gonna get him up in here, and then we're gonna get to it, guys. All right, you can you hear us? Yo, what's good? I can hear you. All right, yeah, for Yay. a second there, you were just looking and you wasn't saying nothing. All it right. wasn't that, man. So man, we gotta we gotta start this podcast off right, man. Tell the people a little bit about yourself, what you do, who you are. For those who don't know me, my name is Mark McKnight. Everybody know me as Job, born and raised in like uh Jersey City from Lafayette Projects. Moved to 16th Street, went to Ferris High School, born in the trenches. Hey, bulldog, um, we out here. The second week we here and born in the trenches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh I started from the bottom now I hear, you know. You what got mean? it out the mud. Oh God. At an early age, uh, 17, I um, left Jersey. I moved, I mean, I went to basic training for the United States Army. I was a heavy weapons operator for five years. Did one tour in Afghanistan. Um, Moved to Texas for three years. My time overseas, I don't got shot. I don't got blown up. I don't shot people, blown stuff up. And I got out and I was, I got out of the military in 2013. I went in in 08, got out in 2013. I took a year off from really doing any type of hard work. Then I became a police officer in Jersey City Police Department. And I've been on for six years. I'm now a detective. I work overnights in the South District, which is the hill. So, Oh, my, right up here with me. How you doing? <laughs> right up here. Where that's the bullets be flying? That's why I used to always see you when I was on the post and everything. When mm-hmm. I on, well, Yeah, I was just telling T. Brown, I was like, yo, I don't even know if John's a cop no more because I don't see him up here. And there you go. That's your answer. I'm so still, c- congratulations on the promotion. Yeah, man, I'm still here. This man ain't nothing changed. Word, I'm happy to hear that because I did not know. I did not see you. I was like, yo, where is this guy? I used to be posted on the corner and I ain't nowhere to be seen. So, I mean, I've been, I've just been working, man, back and forth working. I work overnights that's, now. So That's good, though. It's good that you're still a cop, though, because that, that kind of helps the, the course of the interview because I didn't know. I didn't. I was like, damn, is this guy still... Is he retired? Did he walk over? Like, what, what is he <laughs> no, doing? Because no. I just didn't see you up here. Like, Because the like, crazy thing about it was, um, like, mind you, I used to work days, which was uh, 7 a.m. to 3 mm-hmm. p.m., 3.30 p.m. I was working days, and I was out of work for about 10 months mm-hmm. after the time you used to see me. 
the reason being was the whole shooting, the shootout that happened on uh, Bidwell. And, pause, uh, pause right there. Pause right there. We uh, it is the episode coming out about that. I don't know if we're gonna have Mark back. I think we might just have you back, bro. I okay. think that's how I'm gonna do. I think we're gonna have you back, and I'm gonna tell it from my side, and you tell it from being outside. I tell it from inside. Yeah, yo. And you tell it from outside. I'm not going far. I think I was on the phone when you like just before. You like, just hung up. Happened. Yeah, you just hung up. Yeah, and like the, literally. The gunshot started ringing, and then I called my cousin. But let's say that for for the other episode. Go ahead, Mark. Okay, um, pretty much that day, you know what I mean? I won't really, if we're going to have another- Yeah, we're going to have another episode about it. So let's save the details so, of that. I'm, I'll save the details basically. But the reason why I was out for 10 months was because of the um the Jewish shooting. Mm-hmm. And I was heavily involved in that. So- um, I seen it with my own eyes. Yeah, I mean, all right. Uh, just to let people know, if you want to know how heavily involved I was, you can just go on um YouTube and you type in JCPD uh, body cam shootout and you'll see the Jewish shooting and you'll see me shooting out of uh, the window in Sacred Heart. So I'll just leave it at that. Oh, that was you shooting out the window in Sacred Hearts? How did you get there from the position I saw you? So when I saw you, we got got the gun. Just a teeny bit. That's the same gun? Same oh man, see you gotta that see that episode is gonna be crazy, guys. You guys gotta tune in. That episode is gonna be crazy, yo. I'm yeah, telling yeah, you, because yeah. I was going through it up here now. I was in the house with my oh. daughter getting all types of guns pointed at me from the cops. All <laughs> man, that shit, man. Cops was putting pointing at guns and everything. But let's get back on track. All right, let's get back on track. Whoa. We're gonna save all that details. But go ahead. So you was out 10 months because of the Jewish shooting. Whoa. Yeah, I was out 10 months for that. I had came back to work October of 2020. Then I was made detective January of 2021. So I got moved uh, back to midnight. So that's why you don't see me doing the day. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was I'm, worried. I was like, yo, where is this guy? Like, I don't. I used to like seeing you on the corner. Yeah, man. That, the corner, that corner, I thank God I got moved from that corner because um, literally, if I was still working that corner. The day go, of the shoot, you would have been there. They would have shot at me before yeah. I could even have a chance do to do anything. Yeah, thank, thank God that they Crazy. did. And yeah. even at that time, like we weren't like fully equipped. No, you really no. be no, but slinging we, it like out. Like I said, I keep saying it because I don't want to give away too much. Yeah, detail. yeah. I ain't gonna give away too much, juice, man. I'm just saying it you know, was like if you guys have ooh. never been around a mass shooting or like involved in one, like Mark himself and myself, I was literally like involved, even though I was in my house, like we were still a part of it. You was in like, the cross. You, don't, you, don't, you don't understand, we were still a part well, of yeah, it in because, our house. So. Um, Y'all couldn't because you lived on Bitwell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you lived up the you on the corner. You, no, right yeah, on yeah. the corner, right by the. So store. you're on the corner, so yeah, you couldn't you couldn't come I in couldn't and out of your house, and we I had to go through that backyard. Right? Yeah, they, I remember they that. came through my building. The cop, cop. Yeah, I'll give you this one little piece of advice. Cop came upstairs, didn't know I lived here. I was like, yo, I live here. He jumped around with a gun to the pico, about to blow my head off, bro. Swear to God, because they were so antsy. They were antsy, so I never blamed them. I don't hold nothing against them, you know, because yeah. I wanted to be a cop. So I don't know how. Just knowing I have my daughter in the house and what I look, we'll get into it in another episode. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll really, it bro. It's a it lot. Was, uh, it's but a yeah, lot. that's that's the reason why you haven't really seen me much. I got moved to a different uh, a different tour. Well, um, well, I, well, I'm glad you safe. Let's start it off, man. You know, I'm glad you safe. Yeah. Uh, seeing you that day, I text you. I still Ooh. got the message on Facebook. I text you why the shots were still going on. Like, yeah, I couldn't message you. Why did shot bro, me? Are you I good? Had, Are I you had so good? many messages. The crazy part about it, dog, I left my phone in the car. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine to grab my phone. I wouldn't, usually, I, would I just, usually have it in my pocket. But yeah, I yeah. We like I said, we um. We get into I'll it. Give you, a, I'll give you a rundown of that day on another uh, another episode. Yeah, we gonna get it on another episode. Um, 
So let's start Ooh. off with your army. Let's start off with the army, you being in the army, because that was kind of cool growing up with you being around you. You danced, we wrestled, you know, we wrestled. Yeah. Uh, and then you went to the army. So I, re- I kind of remember, like, when you told all of us you were going, uh, I was kind of one of the last ones to know because I wasn't, at that time, I wasn't as close to you guys as I was when yeah. I was younger. Uh, and I also remember being there the day you got back. So we're going to talk about that a little later. So okay. what it, what do you remember about the day you you enlisted into the army? All right, before I get into it, I'll give you a little bit of backstory of why I enlisted in the first place. So being that, you know, we're at the 20th anniversary of 9-11, like most people from Jersey City, I watched it out of my classroom window. I was in uh, PS22 at the time. I was in sixth grade. We was in the same building, So bro. I was in Mr. Green class. Y'all was in sixth grade? I think I was in like second. We was in the same yeah. building, bro. I watched I was the first tower first, drop. Second grade, I, was, I, was in a, um, I was in Mr. Green class who was on the third floor facing uh, Lower Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember seeing, I remember hearing the first plane. I didn't see it impact. I caught the explosion after it impacted, mm-hmm. thinking that something just blew up. I didn't know that a plane hit it. Then uh, the second plane, I literally watched that. I had went to Miss Fortuna's class. The first, t- the second tower dropped. Then when I switched back to Mr. Green class, we watched the second tower drop. My mother came to get me that day. I remember going back to Lafayette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um. My that was the man. first time, like, like me as a like a regular city kid. Mm-hmm. That was like that evening was the first time I ever seen fighter jets before. First mm-hmm. time ever seen fighter jets. Yeah, because we were kids like, back then. Yo, I'm like, yeah, yo, yeah, we was kids. I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. that's the coolest shit ever. Like, <clears throat> fucking fighter jets. Yeah, I can curse. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. So yeah, I'm like, oh, shit. On this bitch. This right, cool. so I'm like, yo, <laughs> fucking fighter jets. I'm like, yo, that must be a cool ass job. And like ever since that day, <laughs> I was I was it's a natural disaster going on. I was infatuated like, with planes. Cool. Like, like I was so infatuated with planes. Like, no bullshit. Let me hold on. Let me grab something. Real yo, quick. no, no, no BS, bro. I remember when we was kids, you were into flyer jets, bro. You used to love playing the games. And I, I knew you was going to get them. You, yo, you I still used to have play them. the flying jet games, right? I still have them. So <laughs> I, I was so infatuated with fucking airplanes and stuff like that. And that was why so, that's fascinating, bro. When I got to high school, my uh, one of my really good friends who's no longer with us, God rest his soul, Christopher Rest Matt, in peace. I was on very, me and him were, were cool as hell when I lived in 16th Street. He was uh, 18 and he enlisted into the Air Force. And he was like, he came back with false information. He was like, yo, you know, if your mother emancipates you, you can go into the army, which is true. But the actual thing is, if your parents emancipate you, you can go into any branch. Mm. I was so eager just to get into the military that, that I chose the, the army. army instead of the Air Force. Air Force. So there. I enlisted into the army and, um, you know, there really wasn't no jobs where you can fly fighter jets. Nope. So nah, I'm like, well, that's not, I remember that's uh, talking to my recruiter. I'm like, well, is there anything else you would want to do? I'm like, well, it'd be pretty cool to like tote guns and like shit like that. Kick it, like do all the spec ops. And he's like, well, the basis, the basic of it is uh, infantryman. I'm like, well, what do I have to score? He's like, you pretty much just got to pass the test to be an mm-hmm. infantryman. Like that's like the easiest job to get. Nobody really wants to be an infantryman. So I'm like, all right, cool. I went, I took the ASVAB and everything. I scored decently. They gave me a list of jobs that I can apply to. And I was like, no, nah, I want to go 11 Bravo. So they was like, yeah, but you can do this job, which you can get a, a security clearance for this. I'm like, I want to shoot guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I, February 2nd of 2008, 
I signed my contract to go to basic training that coming August and Valentine's Day, I cut my hair. Then I was off to doing drills. Then August came, I was shipped off yeah, to Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, I was in Fort Benning for five months. I graduated as a basic infantryman mm-hmm. in December of 2008. I was assigned here to Jersey City's Armory. Um, I was assigned here for two years. And in 2010, I went active and I went to Fort Bliss, Texas, where I was a uh, raising hell out in Fort Bliss. So, what do you mean, raising hell? What you was doing, bro? I was preparing to go to war. Like, uh, I got I arrived Training? to Fort Bliss. Yeah, I arrived to Fort Bliss in uh, 20, uh, 2010, April of 2010. We got the word that we were deploying that following. I got there in 2010. We found out that we were going to war. The beginning of the ending of uh, the ending of um, 2010, we got the orders that, hey, listen, come the 10th year anniversary of 9-11, uh, we're going hunting. And we're like, we're going hunting. Like, what do you mean? Because we're like, yo, what, what the fuck does that mean? It's like, listen, we just got orders. We'll be going to uh, the Wardak Providence, RC East of Afghanistan. We'll be there kicking ass and taking names. So we niggas was excited. Yeah, like, I bet that had to be like an adrenaline rush. Like, motherfuckers were get out we there excited. and do some. So I was supposed it to go is. to the. It's I, don't, I don't even know if you know this. I was supposed it's to go to the it. Navy when I was seventeen, but I backed out last second. I remember <laughs> you telling me that. Yeah, I, I got backed out the last that. second. I got scared. Hey, it's not. I was. I was a. I was a black kid from the hood, bro. All I knew was. My environment, bro. So it was yeah. like when I started around thinking, then, like, around I got like to everybody, and ain't nobody I know going, going with me. Right. It was the fact hey, nobody man. was everybody going with was me either. About going to the military right. somewhere, yo. Nobody was going with me by myself. So I was like, nah. My thing oh, is, a kid, I had a fascination with guns. Like, yeah. even though I would, crazy part about it, yo, my mother did not allow me to play with cap guns. I couldn't, I could barely play with fucking water guns around my That's mother. probably why you had that That's probably why. And like, it was just to the point where she was just not having me around guns at all. So as I got older, I'm like, I want to try out some guns. Let's go try out some guns. (laughs) Crazy crazy part about it, I ended up getting arrested before I even signed my contract. Cause uh, that October of 2007, I got arrested for possession of an airsoft pistol. I was shooting an airsoft pistol in my friend's backyard. His neighbors called the cops. I ended up going, uh, getting locked up for it. So, but. I just always had a <sighs> like, I just always had a fashion, a fasc, a fascination with a firearm, and it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like to, to like harm anybody. I just thought it was like yo badass that I can sit in one area and hit something, full fucking football fields yeah. away from where I'm at. That's like, why I not, always, that's why I always love the fifty cal sniper rifle, bro. I don't I know why. I want to shoot it, bro. I want to shoot it because I will let you know. I'll let you know right now. The 50 cal is fun to shoot until like the 10th round. It's not funny. It's not funny. Because it started hurting. Okay. The fifth round. round. That's because only reason they got a kick on it. I've shot an eight millimeter. I've shot an eight millimeter rifle before. And I know that John got some pep in his step. And yeah, that was after, kick, like, and that was after skeet shooting the 12 gauge. So after that, I was like, yo, <laughs> yeah, so I like, yeah, your shoulder, that John started, you my, start to feel it. My guns are like my extended family. Uh, 
I can introduce y'all if y'all want me to. No, no, you say that for another show. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you can't only because that thought would be something that that would be for personal use. Like we could be able to see that we wouldn't be able to post none of it just because most, yeah. most people. No, 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 I understand. You like, come after me, like, bro, what's up with this? Bro? <laughs> I mean, they're all legally owned. Yeah, I mean, but the, even people nah. like uh, Colin, uh, forget his name. Yeah, Colin I know. Nero, uh, yeah, uh, Colin Noir. Yeah. yeah, like they're so. They be trying to take people's stuff down. Like we're in such an environment. Guns. We're in such a, an environment where people are easily offended. They people are easily offended, and you can't tell somebody a. You can't even tell somebody to man the fuck up because no, that's. That's yeah. that's misogynistic. Like, right. listen, yeah. at the end of the day, I would say it like this: you need you need testosterone built men. You need men that's a little bit machismo because when shit hit the nice. fan, nobody wants machismo. nobody that's gonna be a fucking pansy about Pain, it. Yeah. I understand it. Yeah, I, I'm all for people being. I'm all for people being who they are. are. But we 100%. are definitely in. We're definitely in right. an environment where people take things the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get it twisted. I know some gay motherfuckers that's machismo as fuck. Oh mm-hmm. God! Oh God! I know. I've deployed with some gay oh, dudes that tear that tear some shit up if need be. But they don't have right. to incorporate their sexual orientation into, into everything the, they right. do. Right. Like, I judge you, you for you, not for, for what you do behind dude, closed doors. Exactly. And like, right. we're in. It's horrible the time that we live yeah, in. Yeah, the, the society we live in today is crazy, bro. It's like back in the day when we grew up, we didn't know our parents was even having sex. Even if they was in the same yeah. house, mm-hmm. like we didn't, we didn't pay we didn't attention to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Today it's like, that you know, the parents either. having sex, you know, the kids having sex, you know, their kids having Grandma. sex. Like, it's so oh, crazy because everybody wants to put what they're doing in their bed out there because now it's so glorified when, and then mm-hmm. on the other end, they'll look like, oh, we got to do something about this young people having baby crisis no it's because we're not showing them the right way of going about sex like i I just been i've been talking to like a couple of people on facebook about this like and every time i talk to a girl and they be like oh a man need to get vasectomy because they're reversible and you can reverse them but they don't never look up the side effects first of all for people that think vasectomies are reversible they are but it depends on how long it takes you to get it reversed for it to work so if you're 18 and you wait till you're 35 you're not having a kid bro and plus, you're gonna bleed out your nuts. So go look it up. People don't understand that. But I My always hit is. them. I always hit them with the condom thing, and they all be like, "You right? Yeah, because y'all so stupid." In the '90s, all we did was preach condoms, 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 condoms. To where most of us in the '90s grew up using condoms. I tell people the first three years of me being with my girl, bro, I used a condom. When we stopped, right. we had a baby. Like people don't understand it. It's that simple. It's that simple. Keep your sexual life to yourself and use condoms, bro. I look at it like this. I'm like, yo, when it came to that whole they should make birth control for men, I'd be the first one fucking take that shit. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm like, I yeah, say the same I, thing, yo. Brittany I'll Renner. Be, I'll be right in line. Like, Brittany oh, Renner. Uh, you know you would have got me. You know how many motherfuckers would have overdosed on uh, <laughs> birth control pills? Right. Like, right. I'm about to go uh, see. Uh, I'm about to go see Talisha. Like, yo, you took your birth control pill? Nah, let me get another right. one. I don't know. Let me get two of yours real quick. I'm just gonna <laughs> right double the dose. Oh God, niggas will be sharing. I I guarantee oh. you, we would not take the approach women oh, are taking. Like, even if they made our bodies fat, we, we wouldn't give a bro. Motherfuckers will be popping pills like kid, bro. Niggas will be swole. Yeah. Niggas will be working out like they jailbirds if they make niggas fat. Oh God, imagine yeah, I, dudes on depot. Oh, I'd be a yoke motherfucker <laughs> if I had the depot. I'd have put on all that weight. I'd have been yoked, yep. bro. Bodybuilders would love, uh, <laughs> would love it right now. It'd be now. over, bro. 
I always love when we can have like conversations in the middle of like the questions because then it makes it like a little bit authentic, you know, yeah. that we really just sit here and we trying to learn off of each other and gain knowledge and share knowledge. Uh, but just getting mm-hmm. getting back on topic, you answered my second question, so we're gonna go on to the third one. Uh, how did you imagine a military life before you joined, and what was your perception of it after you served? Oh, damn. Yeah, I'm coming with the hard hitters today, bro. I'm coming with the hard hitters today. He said, "Woo!" So I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be as real as I can, authentic as I can. Going into the service, I honestly didn't know what to expect. Like, Mm. it was a culture shock because, like, I'm a city kid. Mm -hmm. I got thrown on a bus, got stripped of my identity. Shave your hair. I'm a number <laughs> and a last name. I'm a last name. I'm a last name and I'm a number. And before I can even be my last name, I was a number. Number first, so, yeah. Crazy. If I remember, I was a uh, you was a zero four two or zero four six, something like that. I was um, that was your number, your uh roster number and everything like that. And that's so, what they called you, and you had to know your number. So they called you. you pretty much. Answered? Pretty much, you was just putting that down on them. You put your name, but you would put it, your number it, it, it down as been, well. It so. would have been right here. <laughs> I would have wrote yeah. Right yeah. There. So um, number sixty two. Oh, that's me. I was a, I was I was a name, and before I was my name, I was a number. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you're stripped of your identity, and you're you're sleep deprived. So like, pretty much in the first four days, hey. reception, the first four days, I was pretty much up. I. I was up for 24 hours my first day. Then, like, in the next three days, I would say I probably got at most 12 hours of sleep within 12, uh, three days. And that's all in So, you that borderline of sleep deprivation, bro. Yeah, you're borderline, you're borderline sleep deprived. And the thing about the military is that they don't have to give you the sleep consecutively. The like, You can get eight hours of sleep, but nobody said it has to be consecutively. That's so, so, you get two I got hours there. there, you get two hours there. Yeah, the I got you get there those two and, hours uh, upon yourself. Yeah, I got there and it was a culture shock. You know, you're sleep deprived, you're hungry, you're cold, depending on when you got there, you're hot. So I went there and it was like, could could you elaborate on how it's a culture shock in that situation? It's, you're not it's used a culture to it. shock because you're not used to it. Like you're not you used think to about it. You think about it, like when people think about people that's been if people that's been to jail, right? The military right. is a jail, but it's freedom at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're told your day and your life, your life, your life is dictated twenty four, almost twenty four seven. When you're, especially when you're in basic training, you know you are told when you can eat. You're told when you can go to sleep. You're told when to do this, when to do that. You have no freedom mm-hmm. because their whole thing is they break your uh, way of living to get you to think as a military person. Mm-hmm. So. Like it was little things that I uh like I took little things for granted and I appreciated like being able to get up and go to the refrigerator and get something to drink or uh, having a shower <laughs> with curtains or um uh having like oh, watching man, so TV the to open this freaking data. So yeah, because like you don't you don't, you have, don't have those rights, anymore. bro. Yeah. So I got to the military. Crazy. You know, what I mean, I went through the hardest part, which was basic training. After basic, it's a little bit way more relaxed you get to your assigned duty station it's pretty much a job the turnaround point for me was um 
growing up, I used to love history, U.S. history. I fell in love with it. I've been infatuated with U.S. history for the longest. Mm-hmm. But everything is history. It's t- told by the victor. History is told by the victor. Mm-hmm. So I would never forget 2011, we got the word. I mean, 2010, we got the word we're going to Afghanistan to get some. Uh, 2011, we're told Osama bin Laden was killed. So mm. we're like, well, what the fuck does that mean for us? We're still going to Afghanistan. Okay. Before we get to Afghanistan, uh, Dev Grew, uh, a couple of mem- members from Dev Grew, which is uh, SEAL Team 6, a couple of uh, CIA operatives, a couple of uh, Special Forces operatives, they were on the Chinook and they got shot down. And Ghazni Province. Ghazni Province is where we were. We were going to a province that was close to Ghazni. So I now boots on ground in Afghanistan, September of 2000, uh, 2011. It's been 10 years since 9-11 happened. I get there and my first, my first day, I'm almost blown up. My second day, I ended up shooting somebody. And the next week, which was my 21st birthday, I killed someone. So I'm going around to village to village and doing what we're supposed to do. And I carried around a picture of the World Trade Center, you know, of uh, 9-11. And like, I would just show the people of uh, Jagatu District of Afghanistan the picture and they would just look at you like, what the fuck is that? What do you think this means to me? No, it's not even that. They They know nothing about it. Which so, is, um, yo, you, if, when you see, and the crazy thing is, crazy. like, when you go to other places, like other countries, and you really get to talking to their people, they don't know what happens over here in America. Yeah. They only if know what in, they're told. If you live, if you live in a third world country, like, again, you got to understand, parts of Afghanistan are in, like, they're, they don't have running water. They have, mm-hmm. they get their running water from a river, and they don't have technology like how we do. There ain't no TVs, it ain't no microwaves it's nothing really to run power from and they do run power it's ran from a generator so a lot of them don't know what a september 11th is so Mm. i'm looking at it i'm like yo these all these years you know you're told about the people of afghanistan the people of iraq uh, the middle eastern people they hate the american way of life then you get there and you meet some of these people and it's the exact opposite so it changed it changed the way I looked at a whole lot, even though I kind of had a feeling already before I deployed, mm-hmm. but it solidified it when I got there and I realized, yo, these people just want a stress-free way of life where they're not being told what to do by Americans and they're not being told what to do by the Taliban. So I could never hate these people. So it changed my uh, my mindset of how I am completely free. Mm-hmm. how I am going to war. But it's just that some of these people they don't want us here and they're just mm-hmm. fighting for their homeland and if you can't be mad, long story short i gotta put them in a grief and crazy unfortunately because i always look at it i will have you die for your country before i die for mine and why is that and why did you always, why did you take that stance that's interesting that's because I, it's my life or yours i mean what? I'd rather you die for your country than I die for mine. I mean, what? if one of us got to go, it's going to be you. you. <laughs> that's true. That so, is true. Um, what? I can't so, like, like, that's, that's, that's point blank period. Yeah, me getting out of the military, I was 10 times more of the conspiracy theorist than I am now, than I was when I got in, I should say. Uh, we got to have to sit down and talk about crazy. some stuff, bro. 
I mean, I'm a little bit into it, a little bit. I'm not all the way deep in the conspiracy rabbit hole. I'm a little I bit look, into it. I don't like to plague people's. I don't like to play people's uh, thoughts. I don't mm-hmm. like to base. I don't like to give my opinion. What I will do for anybody that's listening, I will give you facts. Everything I say from now until I say that's enough can be can be looked up. It is all factual. Whether mm-hmm. you check in the FBI archives, which is public, all everything I'm saying right now is factual. We're on the it's 20th crazy. anniversary of September 11th. Break it down. Before we right. get there, I will break it. I will take you back to before we were born, the fucking 1960s, which I feel like is the worst time to ever be fucking an American. Mm-hmm. At that time, the um, at the time the president was John F. Kennedy. I'm gonna like put this. I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down into shit. Inside information. That, some of this shit is in the school books, uh-huh. but if you don't pay attention, it's to rework- it, it'll yeah. just go. It'll I, go I over your mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. 1960s. John F. Kennedy was president. We had a right. beef with Russia. Communism versus democracy. Right. The American American government, we had nuclear missiles pointed at Turkey. I mean, we had nuclear missiles in Turkey pointed at Russia. Russia was like, yo, I don't fuck with that. We ain't about to let America have no fucking nuclear weapons in our backyard pointed at us. Nah, let's look on this map and let's find out who's the closest motherfucker to America that don't like America. Cuba. Okay. USSR goes to Cuba. Yo, Fidel, you still don't fuck with America? Nah, I don't fuck with them. Hey, yo, let's put these um, nuclear missiles in your uh, country ain't that America. Think about I it. Think I do remember is, this in history. Cuba class. is only 70 miles off the coast of Florida. Mm-hmm. So right. now One you start to... Policy. Yeah, so now we pretty much have the USSR. They have nuclear missiles in Cuba. Now this is going to start to ring bells to when you was in grammar school. We remember the Bay of Pigs. We remember the Cuban missile incident. Mm-hmm. That shit that they taught us, Cuban that's where it stemmed precious. from. So what did America do? America was like, yo, we got to knock this motherfucking Fidel Castro off. America was trying many different ways to assassinate this dude. Oh, God. Here's the scary part. This is the part they leave out of um, I know where you're going. Out of the history books. I know exactly where you're going. The Joint Chiefs of Staff, mm-hmm. CIA, FBI, the Department of Defense. They was like, yo, the only way we can get into fucking Cuba to fuck Fidel Castro up, gotta we got to get more. the American people Mm-hmm. On our side, we gotta, gotta start, start going now. American people are not just gonna be like, "Yo, we going to yeah, let's go." It's just cause. No, we want reason. Now, what I'm going to tell oh, you, mama. this is all factual. You can go 100%, look this up. You, you can, can Google what I'm about to tell <laughs> he you. He ain't lying because I have. If you Googled go it. on Google and and I, and I, I, I put know this exactly on internet all the time. If you go on Google and you type in Operation Northwood, Northwood, it will come up. Operation Northwood was an operation comprised by the Department of Defense and the Joint Chiefs of Staff to commit terrorist attacks on its own military people. and civilian yep. people mm-hmm. in order to blame Cuba, Cuba so we can Cuba. go to war. Yep. Those are called 100%. false flag. Those are called false flag operations. Here's the conspiracy part in it. This is not factual. This is what I believe. At that time, Crazy. Fidel Castro was public enemy number one. And here's the crazy part why we need to pay attention in history. There was a cell uh, organization within the state of New Jersey that was involved in uh, the assassination of Cuban um, sports uh, members. It was called Omega 7. They were based out of Union City, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. That's These right in our backyard. Right in the backyard. But once again, this is my, these, 
these little tidbits are my opinion. I believe once JFK looked at that shit, was like, nigga, I'm not about to harm American people to go to war with Cuba. I'm not doing that. They looked at it, it was like, yo, you know what? He not the right fit to run this country. JFK then started talking about those secret societies that are, you know, running America behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, kill this nigga. Yep. Who takes over the presidency? Lyndon B. Johnson. Mind you, at this time, uh, JFK wanted to increase the peace in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. At that time, Afghanistan wasn't the way <laughs> it is now. Women were able to dress however they wanted to dress. Nothing crazy, but they didn't have to wear the coverings like they all wanted to do now. Yeah. I'm about to break it down just a little bit further. Lyndon B. Johnson became the president. We had this thing called the Gulf of Tonkin incident. The Gulf of Tonkin incident was uh, Admiral said, hey, yo, we just got attacked by two Vietnamese uh, Vietnamese ships. What? Fuck it. Let's go to war with these motherfuckers. We entered uh, Vietnam. Years later, it comes to find out that that incident never happened. So that's a false flag operation. The same type of operation that the North Joint Chiefs of Staffs wanted mm-hmm. to do to attack Cuba. We did it with Vietnam. Nam, yeah. So when people start to tell me 9-11 couldn't have been an inside job because America would never do it, they did it before. See, but it's there's a, a lot of things, but see, there's a lot of things about 9-11 that I don't think people people pay attention to because you can literally research it. I had a college teacher that yeah. didn't tell us, she didn't tell us none. She gave us the information. It was like, go look at it for yourself. There yeah. are coordinators at the, uh, what is that damn building? The Not the White House, the other one. Pentagon? The, the Pentagon, Pentagon with the mm-hmm. big hole in it. There's corners there saying, look like somebody backed up a truck and dumped some metal there. There's firefighters in the World Trade Center in the basement on the phone with their wives, and I'm pretty sure you can still find a conversation telling their wives it sound like bombs are going off around them. Bro, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff there. You got to remember, the Twin Towers was bombed in what, the 80s? Uh, 90s. 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 It didn't about, do nothing. And then you got to also remember, because me and my girl was watching uh, Malice in the Palace, and they show you how the demolition team knocked down the Malice in the Palace. And that building kind of felt like the Twin Towers fell. All of them do. It's called the Controlled Demolition. But, yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. I'll give you I'll give you a little uh tidbits like now this is where my opinion mm-hmm. comes in with a little bit of fact. You have to remember Osama bin Laden is not from Afghanistan. That's no, he's one. not. He was a from Saudi Arabia and he yes, was a he very was. rich man. Yes, he was. Saddam Hussein, wealthy guy. Those two didn't even like each other. Each other honestly. Right. They've always been assets to America. Mm-hmm. We funded Iraq to fight mm-hmm. Iran. Mm-hmm. We funded Al-Qaeda to fight off Soviet Russia. Mm-hmm. See, what people also don't know is that uh, Osama bin Laden family was on a plane out of the United States while the Twin Towers was burning. That is, um, it's been said, it hasn't been fact proven. Nah, bro. But it's, but it's been allegations that the bin Laden's family was the only family to leave the United States. That, you'll never be able to confirm or deny it because... If somebody wants to confirm it, they'll be dead before you can put the truth out. So see, and that that takes me back. We getting we getting a little off topic, but that takes me back of why the United States has a need for whistleblowers, bro. We have a need for whistleblowers, and people don't want to understand. I say that people look at me crazy, like, nah, nigga, United States is not transparent with us. They are not. But government is not transparent with us, bro. But need for this form. No, I won't. You know, listen. I'm just playing. I know we do. At the end of the day, listen. I did what I did. I served my damn. I served mm-hmm. my country. I did my country's dirty work. I got uh, the blood of Afghans and Americans on my hand because I've lost friends as well. So mm-hmm. 
It's tough. Whether they like what I'm saying or not, at the end of the day, they won. You know? Yeah. I did some shit I can never take back. Back. I did some mm-hmm. shit I'm not proud of. Yep. I've had to deal with the emotional distress of it. I had to deal mm-hmm. with the personal, like morally Men certain too. things. Yeah, it's not, it's not kosher. I dealt with it, but it's shit that needed to be. Uh, I needed. I felt like me doing like it opened said. my eyes to a lot. Not yeah. So, yeah. and I'm not knocking it. My thing is, if America really wanted my respect, they'd be like, "Yo, listen, man, we about to go fuck these motherfuckers at the table we want." I'd have felt way better than that, but don't feed me no bullshit. Right, and I think that's the that's the key, bro. <laughs> I think Americans will be more inclined to either support or even still disagree. If you guys yeah. just keep it real, bro, just tell us what the fuck you guys are doing. Like, tell us it what's going on. Be transparent. Listen, it ain't right, I understand it ain't right, some of us might not it. like it. I understand it. it we, some of us might not like it, or the majority of us might not like it. But if you want respect, you want us to fucking, you want to get things done, and you want the civilians on your side, yo, you need to be transparent with us. And that's all it takes. All it takes is for you guys to tell us what's going on and keep it real with us. If you if you want to go to war with this place because they're a threat and you need to take them out, then tell us that. Tell us yeah. that. Keep it real. It tell us the facts. Be, yeah. It might, not facts. Be, it might not be um, desired, but like, listen, motherfuckers, we got to knock these motherfuckers off the boat. So it might be, right. you, whether you like it or not, we're going to do it anyway. Right. I'm like, all right, well, yeah. you're right. <laughs> but so, that so was I'll, my uh, perception outside when I got back from war. Um, so like, let's go, yeah. before I ask you the next question, yeah. what are your thoughts on what's going on in Afghanistan now with the Taliban taking back over? Um, you going to really see a terrorist attack. This time you can see you can blame the Taliban because you got to think about it. We've been for 20 years, uh-huh. 20 years, and now we gave it back to the, Amer- the Afghan army who was pretty much overran by the Taliban. We left them with quickly decent weaponry with yes. our equipment, yeah. And now we're taking refugees. If you if you thought motherfuckers was invading our our homeland it's way easier to do it now yes it is who you know what the Taliban you ain't got no like? vet yeah they look just like the Afghans like, can you tell them apart no you cannot so I um listen it sucks yeah. I wish they didn't get overran by the Taliban but at the same time you know I can't house any refugees when I still got people here without shoes on their feet right that's true I can't Take care of an Afghan family when I got I got families homeless on my street. down the street who's struggling with three kids and just mm-hmm. struggling to put food in her, her kids. Uh, mm-hmm. That's I can't help them. True. I can't help them. That's one of the true. But all, all other civilians look for for America. You got to accept them. You got to take them in. Like how we can't barely I ain't got, I ain't do for ourselves. Shit. We can barely do for ourselves. I couldn't be president. I like, yeah, we got to take them. I ain't got to do a goddamn thing. Exactly. I'm not taking them. I don't care whether they ruin relationships or not. I'm not taking them. Yeah, like, I got, I got people stuff here. here to do. I got people here that's hungry. Right. Oh, and then God. on top of that, you did say something that's very important. Like, how you how do you tell the difference? And that's been the biggest conversation about um, uh, people coming like over our borders. Is how can you tell? Them? How can you tell if they're going to be good or bad? You can't. You, you don't can't. know if one of them ha- is going to put the best on and run up in a in a more only way with kids, kids tell- and women like. Only way you can tell if a Taliban is a person is Taliban is when they do something that's Taliban related. Mm-hmm. So you'll know after the fact. You yeah, won't you won't know before, right? Yeah, you right. won't know before. Do you, do you think? Do you think? In a way, magnesium. Do you think America? Because I think, in my personal opinion, but you can speak more to it because you're in the army. 
I, I don't think our army can be fucked with. I'm sorry. I say that shit all the time. I think America got some shit that probably nobody has seen yet. And they just waiting for some shit to pop up where somebody got the upper hand and they can just well, yeah. right, pull it out. Pull it out. Let, let them see the laser for, for, for 200,000 miles. Let them see the laser. For the most part, for the most part, our military is probably the deadliest in the world. But the thing about it is that you have other conventional militaries that can do damage. Mm-hmm. We're not the only like ones. Russia's, missiles. Like Russia's Russia, military. China. Russia. China. We'll fuck China up. Yeah, we would, uh, but they, they got boots on the ground, bro. But they, they have us. They, have they us got boots numbers. on the ground. <laughs> they got boots yeah, on the uh, ground. They have them in the firepower. They have us in numbers. The numbers like, like, but, you know, you like have Like the Taliban said something. Taliban said, we'll keep coming. We won't stop even in death. Nah, that's the Chinese. <laughs> they keep coming because yeah. there's so, so many of them, bro. You have you have uh, places that have conventional armies. You know, it's just, we're just hella advanced. And you just got a whole bunch of motherfuckers in the military that don't give a fuck. You don't give a so. fuck, bro. Because yeah, most of you guys, a lot of them come from the hoods too, bro. A lot of them don't want to sit in the hoods and do the same thing over. So they get out and do... The military is the only place where you can have a nigga from Compton, a member of the Ku Klux Klan, mm-hmm. a Threeny, Blood, Crip, uh, Mexican Mafia, yep. from New Mexico that hate each other, but will fuck you up in the same breath. Same breath, right. Yeah. They would hate. They would hate each other. Back in the United States, would be the band, a band of brothers overseas. Yeah, because that's what you need. You can't be divided over there. Or you gonna get your. You gonna get your whole squad killed. Yeah, you gotta be together. Because I've definitely, I've definitely deployed with some motherfuckers that don't like black people, that don't like white people, that don't like Spanish people. When we over but there, see, it ain't about. You, yeah, it's not about. But we gonna what rock. You we, gonna, like. we gonna we gonna rock with each other until we gotta go back home. Because you, you know why? It's because them niggas' lives are on the line. Yeah. And when you put a nigga life on the line, he don't care who got his back. Exactly. That's the point. Mm-hmm. You don't care if I'm white and I got your back, if I protect you. I'll tell you this. Me and Tyrone went to New York one year and it was, we got caught in like a stampede. I mean, literally, we almost died. Like, literally, we could have fell, got stomped the fuck out. It was people jumping on people's head. Uh, Crazy. It was this white guy in front of us. He had two daughters. He couldn't keep both his daughters. I remember that. I man. grabbed his daughter like, bro, I'm right behind you. Go. I got her. Like, and she's scared yeah. of shit. She don't know me, but it's hella black people around us going crazy, bro. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And and in that moment, that you gotta literally keep you cool and like, yo, I gotta worry about me, T Brown, his mom, and now this little girl. Now I got right, another man. person on my hands I gotta worry about. So people don't understand like the man. chaos that could happen in such little moments and us not right. sticking together and helping each other. Because we could have got out that Pro moment if we all just our took viewers. our time. Pro tip for our viewers because he brought up this moment for the near future, because I know it's coming. For those who want to see the ball drop, stay away from Central Park. Yeah, don't go stay Central, Central, Central Park, bro. Central Park. <laughs> I don't really want to see no ball drop, man. Nah, it's not worth it, bro. You love your I life. Do. Just I do look at my watch. Like, you, oh, you, you have a better chance surviving in Afghanistan than you do in Central Park when a ball drop, bro. I don't know. That's a pretty, because, that's a pretty level contender. <laughs> yes, because people in New York, they already don't care. Like you got to take it. They they already high up on I don't care. And then when they get the liquor in their system, and it's New Year's, oh, it amps it, it amps it up, man. So no, we're not even going to talk about what other drug that they could potentially be on. Yeah, right. Talk about. So let me so let me ask you, Mark. um, Yeah. So describe how you felt coming home from combat, like not the being shot part, but just how how you felt coming home from being in Afghanistan for five years. Oh, for. For how long I was, was you over there? I, I was there for seven months. I was supposed seven to be there months. for a year, but I ended up getting shot, shot my seventh month there. So when I came back, bro, it was another it was like it another culture shock because 
I left as you know a military man to go to war. I got to war. I had a combat mind state to get sent back on a stretcher, and still with that combat mind state, I'm mm-hmm. like, it it uh it threw me for a loop. That was a mental mind fuck. And not only that, um, I isolated myself because like me living that lifestyle as long as I live, it um it uh it changed you. It changed me. So like you remember, I used to always dance. Mm-hmm. I don't dance anymore. I was gonna mm-hmm. ask you that too, man. I was gonna I ask don't, you that for real. I don't I haven't danced, I haven't taught in years, I haven't battled even longer. Damn. I don't dance anymore. And and oh, PS and PS, Jai was that a monster. Hurts. I I gotta call you by Jai hurts. when yeah. I talk about oh, your man. dance career. I gotta Come call you like, by Jai. Like battled that was my shit. Like, from a man that has battled you, man. Like for real, that hurts a little bit. Dude, no, say like, that. You, like y'all know, like dancing it was hurts. my life, but yeah, but things change your life, bro. Once I came like that, that here, like, yo, we love it. Like, how ballers out here with that was like ballers, life, dance is life to us. It still lives to me. Yeah. I ain't let it go. I ain't let it go. Like, I got don't get me wrong. Games, I, I, can but... still ca- I can still catch a beat, but it's like the passion, it died. It ain't there no more, yeah. Yeah, it ain't there no more. Um, I mean, when, when I'm killing people, I don't think you want to dance while you're shooting them. So it's like, yeah, why, it's why like, would you need that? I'm beat? sorry. You replaced I'm it with skill. That's what I would say. I would say you replaced it with skill. It was just like, yo, I was just. You was doing I, I, I got it. I, I don't flip anymore either. You was running like, off walls. You was popping. I don't do none of that, man. I, popping, bro. I wasn't really. I'm not into it any anymore. Like, um, it just changed. It just changed. Yeah, my life identity. changed so much, I bro. Came, I felt like you know I went through like kind of like an identity crisis, like trying mm-hmm. to figure out yo who you were, who am I? Because yo, I was stripped of my. You, identity I just about to say you got stripped, remade. And then you had Let to go back into a life. Then you had to go back into a life where what they stripped you from, you needed back. Pretty much. It was you understand? Just, um, it was just like, yo, I came back and that one pond of water that always seemed so graceful just seemed like a puddle to me. Mm-hmm. So not me. I wasn't, I just didn't really, I, it was just, an, I, I just went through an identity crisis. I didn't know what I enjoyed doing anymore. Cause like the thing, it was like another thing that kind of fucked me up was like, yo, you gotta remember when I left that whole era when I left Jersey City was lit as shit. Yes, it was. Oh God, Jersey City was lit as shit, and I missed all of it. And it wasn't a killing place. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it is now. It wasn't that nah. many people. So I'm like, dropping. low key, you, you remember, popping, especially with the dancing wave that had I, came yeah, out around I left. Too, yo. Like when, yeah, when Terrence Ballroom, Robert Tree, mm-hmm. Webster, uh, Hall. Webster Hall. With oh all that God. Popping, I was gone. Erie Street. I Eerie caught Street. Erie. Like, oh, I was here for um, I was here it. for Grace Hall, but it was a lot of parties right. that I missed from 2010. I'm mad I missed Well, Grace 29 Hall. all the way to 2013. Mm-hmm. Even college. Like, when m- niggas went off to college, being in Hudson, mm-hmm. Rutgers, uh, Rutgers for real. Willie P. I, I missed all that. Of... Willie P. I missed I all, all of it. Willie P. party, man. I missed all of it, bro. I missed all of it. So, when I came back, Everybody don't clicked up with other people. Certain people ain't around no more. This mm-hmm. don't happen. This don't change. This and I'm like, damn, I'm still stuck damn, in 2008, bro. and niggas living in 2013. Mm-hmm. Like I'm coming back. Like yo, let's go do this. Like niggas don't do that no more, man. So I'm like, well, damn. fuck. After a while, yeah, I just didn't really fit in. Yeah. So damn. when I didn't fit in, I'm like, well, okay, all right, well, damn. um. 
What's next? I'm gonna I'm gonna go do this and I'll go do that. It's just like, you know, so I it, a lot changed and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you know what? I gotta find a life for myself outside of the military and something that I enjoy where I I can just, you know, do what I gotta do just to survive and to make myself happy. You know what I mean, I don't live that military life no more. Mm-hmm. That is over. Mm-hmm. I don't live that dancing lifestyle where everything was, you know, all fun and home. Fun and games, that. yeah. I'm past that. Everybody got their own clique of friends. I need to find out you where do I belong. Good for you. So, mm-hmm. um, and I found a lot of that within uh, riding motorcycles because I did start riding motorcycles, and uh, that was my thing. That was do you that still was ride my out right there? Hell, I just I was riding a day. I'm riding. Any day it's a beautiful day out. A person that owns a motorcycle is on a motorcycle. Yeah. I have yeah, learned I that was... from living out here in Iowa. Because as soon I'm... as it's like 75 degrees or better, yeah. or like a nice warm 60, 65, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm about bike, to the man. bike today. See, like yeah. I just said, I'm on that bike today. I'm on they don't that say bike I'm today. riding my motorcycle. They say I'm on my bike. When people I'm were first saying that to bike. me, I'm like, oh, you going for a bicycle ride? No, my, my no, I'm, brother. I'm going I for a motorcycle. I need that two-wheel <laughs> therapy, baby. So that was my thing, man. But it was like coming out of the military, dog. I was just, um, that I just felt like ride. that trend. I ride yeah, a uh, 2007 bro. Jixxon 1000. Oh, I feel so, like, I feel like, I feel like. So it was just like, yo, that transition, it, that shit did damage. And it was just like, all right, where do I fit in? So let's let's get let's get on the lighter side of the army. What were some of the fun things you and your friends did together when you, uh, over there in Afghanistan? The be- uh Afghanistan, man. I'll tell you, like this one time, we really connected with the Afghan people that worked on our base. Winter time, people gotta understand. Afghanistan is cold. Mm-hmm. Iraq is hot. Okay. So it snows. They get weather just like New Jersey, just a little bit more extreme. Hmm. It snows. We had a fucking blizzard. And, um, you know, people fuck around in the snow, you know, mm-hmm. snowball. Right, right, of course. So we used, to see the, little, you know, we used to see the Afghan security guards. We used to, like, make snowballs and throw it at them. You know, just light the mood. It was this one dude. He had to be all but, like, five, four and a half. Mm-hmm. This dude can roll and pack a snowball that if he hits you, it felt like you got hit with a baseball. Yes. Crazy. He broke that John. So he was deadly. He was deadly quick with it and deadly accurate. So he was bing, bing, binging us. And we're like, yo, when we catch this nigga, bro, we we this he get he get a true we toss him in the snow. So we was rolling around through the base in our trucks and I popped the hatch and I start throwing mad snowballs at the Afghan security. So they came, they, they, they went back to their side of the base. And I guess they came up with the idea that they was going to fuck with us when we went to the towers to pull security. So when they came around to give their people food, we opened a door and no motherfuckers started throwing snowballs. So eventually it turned into the United States versus the United States versus Afghanistan and a snowball. Snowball fighting on motherfuckers. Throwing motherfuckers in like piles of snow, awesome. shoveling snow on people. That's awesome. Nice. So, bro, it was like, yo, we was fucking each other up the whole. I know if the Taliban was looking, they're like, yo, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> then, why are they, they having? Did so you much see fun? them over there? 
Do you see them? Are they, are they, yeah, they having, having fun? so much fun? Yo, fun? bro. That's we no, pretty shoot much, a rocket. That's shoot beautiful. a rocket over there. Bro, we That's pretty much like put right a whole having fun for your exactly what like you call having fun. About it. That was the Olympics. That was the Snow Olympics. We don't oh, speak. God. We don't speak. Um, what's the language? We don't. We don't speak Pashto. We don't speak Pashto or Pashto and Wali. They don't speak English. But we had so we had turned into wrestling. No words. We was wrestling with each other. Slamming each other, nice. choking each other out, throwing snow at people. Then, like when the when the uh, sun started to set and it got really cold, we would uh, like I used to have to pull. We used to have to pull a towel guard. Some of the guards they'd come like, "Hey, you, you me, and the wall, you me, and the wall." You that means friend. You me, and the wall. They'll come. They'll give you halal food and they'll give you halal food hey. and a fucking platter that's fucking big. So I pulled a uh, security for six hours that night with a guy in a tower and uh. It was cool. Like we don't understand each other. We don't talk, but he was sharing his uh food with me. I was sharing um my soda with him. He would like go to his um they 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 all most of the guys that were security, they all knew me because on right. like at five in the morning, I would let I would wake them up to let them pray. I usually would set right. my alarm to wake me up so I can wake them up to pray. Oh, that's cool. And uh, that's oh, love right there, yo. Yeah, if cool. they would eat something that uh, they don't know now. what it is, like people would give them food, like American food. And like my right. stepfather is Muslim. So mm-hmm. I'd be sitting in there. I'm like, oh, yo, let them I'm like, yo, Gamali. I'm like, I'm like, Gamali, no, 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 no. He's like, no, halal. I'm like, no, no, halal. Like, he'd be having, like, somebody would give him Slim Jim. So that's the code. That's the code. Yeah. Oh, he can't I'm like, no. Nah. I'm like, no, no, no. That's no halal. He's like, no, it's no halal. I'm like, nah, you you can't eat it. He's like, well, make it like McKnight, you, you, me, and the one. This is no halal. He'll give it to me. I'm like, yo, what I'll do is I'll get a turkey, turkey products, and I'll Man. bring you the turkey products. I'm like, listen, if you see T U R K E Y, halal. P O R K, no halal. So right. I would like kind of teach them American words, yeah. like gelatin, right. pork, and stuff like that. For I'm like, real. don't eat it. And I'm like, can't eat this. And I just made a, like a good uh, rapport with a lot of them. That's um, love right there. And I'm glad you, you brought that up because that's what we basically bringing up today. Yeah, like, like, like everybody know the unity and everything. And that's beautiful. You're the 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 looking out and then you letting everybody yes. know. You gotta that is the point of the podcast. Some of them are fighting the same war that war. we're fighting. Some of them mm-hmm. don't like the Taliban either. So, but listen, the enemy of my enemy. The enemy of my enemy my is friend, my yeah. friend. For real, yo. Yo, so, you know, like, but uh, we had some good times, man. Like, mm-hmm. they uh, they would be able to get stuff that we couldn't get. Um, You know, Afghan Kush is a hell of a thing over there, I heard. Uh yeah. I could get hey, you got some connections. Be, you got some connections. Hey, I have no connections. Um, I got I was able to get Ask um, the detective for connections. I don't live that life, man. I don't live that nah, life. I play. I I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. I would be able to get them things that they couldn't get, like uh King magazine, Maximum magazines, like Bang Bros, all type. They couldn't get that shit, but I was, yeah. I get, so I get you the point. Shit, you give me, I give me. got you, bro. Like as long Smooth, as you girl, keep that food boy, they could you. get cigarettes real good. And at that time, I was I used to smoke cigarettes, and uh, they could get some cigarettes, man. Like you would run out of cigarettes, you would bring them a King magazine. Them motherfuckers would bring you a car in the cigarettes, man. 
Mm-hmm. They would bring, they'd mm-hmm. bring you a car and the cigarettes. They'd bring you halal food. If you needed it, they was going to get it. I would have been in it for the food, man. Yeah, what, what was I, your favorite dish? What was your favorite that, dish that they were? The fucking, the chicken, the falafel, the lamb, the mix, all of that over the rice, the pita bread, all that. I will say this. Afghan soda is by far the best fucking soda you'll ever have in your life. Yeah, because they don't have all that, the nasty stuff we put in our soda. All it is is carbonated water, a flavoring, and sugar cane. Mm-hmm. So like Fanta, yeah. Fanta mm-hmm. strawberry, bro, that Afghan version, dog. I can imagine though, because we put so much stuff in our in our bro, that put so much Afghan, products in our stuff over here. It ain't bro, funny, man. Like, Afghan, we we got to stop Fanta, doing that. That grape Afghan Fanta, nigga, what, bro? I paid I paid dollar for a little can of that. That yeah. had to be good. Yo, but, I'll, sure. I'll be down for it. So let me ask what well, all of that, the fun moments, the being blown up, being shot, which we're gonna get a little bit more into you being shot a little later. Uh how do you think the military affected your life? You touched on it a little bit, but go a little bit more in depth on it. Um, I will tell you, I uh so it made me value life a little more because uh April 23rd of 2012, I did uh I got shot in the leg. I lost two and a half pints of blood, one and a half inch of bone in my left leg. I pretty mm-hmm. much, it's, I was a pint of, a half pint of blood. Away from dying. From uh, going brain dead. Brain dead? So. Crazy. Yeah, I remember I when ha- I heard it, like when it came back and like your family found out before you got back yeah. and Lance so, told me, I was like, nah, bro. I was outside yeah, your house. So, I don't know if you remember the day you got back, I was outside your house. Yeah. Yeah. That's the day I um, I pulled up in in taxi, but um yeah, and they pulled they it brought you upstairs like, so we didn't get to see you. Yeah, but. it was like um, I fucking that day it was like I made my peace with my uh higher power, and uh, it's a lot of that day I don't remember because you know I did slip in and out of consciousness. The consciousness, yeah. But you know, it made me appreciate life way more than uh, what I did before because going there I wasn't in the right state of mind going there. Yeah. Um, but shit happens. I survived it, and you know it makes me value life more because me on the police side of things, I see people that don't make it. Mm-hmm. I hear the screams of mothers that got told, "Yo, your son and your daughter's not coming home." Oh, um, yeah. I I'm there when people take their last breaths. I'm there when people commit acts of murder and. They throw their whole lives away. So it was like, listen, I'm thankful that I got a second chance after doing what I did mm-hmm. and um, being in that environment because it's not promised. Tomorrow's not promised. And speaking of which, I meant to give a shout out. I don't know if his family will ever hear this. I don't know. I've tried to reach his family. Um, I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, Private First Class Leroy Durandi. Um, Leroy Durandi, he was a kid that went to Dickinson High School. I deployed with him. Leroy, especially Jacobs, they died a month later after I got shot. And uh, in peace. he died Great. a hero. Um, he died Great. and the the details to his death are horrendous. I won't get into details with mm-hmm. those, but if his family mm-hmm. ever watched this, mm-hmm. listen, I'm a Jersey City cop. I would love to shake y'all hand, let y'all know what type of man that y'all raised. But um, 
Uh, I wish he was here. He got a second chance at life, but definitely shout out to Leroy and um, yeah. uh, Jacobs. May, if uh, any, if any of you guys, you know, could get in touch or send them that clip, you know, do it, do make yeah, it happen, bro, because know. you know they they are let brothers in there, man. They do love, they do yeah. have love for each other, and he wasn't right. be he wasn't able to be there by their side, you know, when they yeah, was going through it, what they was going through because he was going through some of his own. So if we can make it, it was, happen. Let's make that, it happen. That um that one casualty hit me hard because. I remember meeting him. They called him Jersey Shore. And um he was uh <laughs> he was one of the drivers, the truck drivers, and uh they had to bring stuff to our base. So I met him, we laughed, we talked about Ferris versus Dickinson, how we used to be in Jersey City. Like we we vibed, cool brother, cool white guy, man. We my brother. So after I met him a week later, I got shot. Crazy. I got shot. I came back to the United States. I remember. I was on convalescent leave. I did two weeks in Jersey. I did one week in Alabama to see my dad's side of the family. And I remember logging into my Facebook to a message that, yo, Jersey Shore died. And I'm like, how? Again, rest in peace, man. He was like, yo, um, I'm going to send you something. This is what happened. And I read that, uh, that message and I'm like, fuck. Damn. Yeah, it's got to take wish- a toll. I wish I could have been there. I yeah. wish. Hey, I wouldn't have been able to make a difference, but you better believe it'd have been a lot of uh it'd have been a lot of revenge being uh taken. Mm-hmm. But he didn't make it. So damn, bro. Yeah, and always, City always, native. I got a question. Yeah, it's always sad question, when uh though. when you know when a soldier's fall, you know, but I mean it's a part of war on both ends, but yeah. you guys do build relationships with each other, man. I always hear these stories because I got a lot of friends, you're not even the only one. That I, yeah. that I have in the army. So it's like when you guys come back with these stories of- Hold on, hold, 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 hold that um, thought because I, I, it's, I gotta say something about that. What you about to say, Ty? I was about to, I was about to say real quick, did you get any awards? Like since you got shot and everything, I know they got like one that's called a Purple I did, Heart I got a Purple like Heart. That. I received a Purple right. Heart. I was supposed to receive another award. Political shit happened, I didn't get it. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Mm-hmm. But right. as far as other people in the military, we definitely do got some, like my boy, Nate, Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate and uh, Glenn. Glenn, yeah. Yo, listen, those are my brothers, man. Crazy part about it, I replaced Glenn in the base that he was at. Uh, I don't know if you know Levi. I know Levi. Levi was at that base first, I believe. Then Levi's unit was there when it was time for Levi's unit to leave. Glenn unit replaced their unit for a year. And when Glenn unit was about to leave, I replaced Glenn unit. So Great. it was just weird how that happened. Yeah. Then uh, Nate, he deployed at the end. I think Nate went to Iraq, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I think Nate went to Iraq. Is he back now like, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nate lives in Arizona, um, and uh, Glenn, he's still Glenn's back. We, I, I'm in a group chat with them, and all we do is bullshit with each other, man. Those are my brothers. Yeah, I always catch you out too. Uh, I always catch you and Glenn's conversation on Facebook. So I always knew you guys had a little bond in the way you yeah, guys talk Glenn, about. Glenn, Glenn, my man, Nate, that's my man, Pots and Pants. That's my Those, all of it, because, yo, we had to keep each other in good spirits when it was our time to go to war. Yeah. So we all went different. You really need that. We all went at different times. So I remember when they, when Glenn was deployed during the holiday time, but I hit him up, like, yo, my man, what you doing, bro? I'm just calling and make sure you know you in good spirits and everything like that. Hurry up, do your mission so I can come there and show you how to really get down. And, uh, 
You know what I mean? We just kept each other in good spirits. And it wasn't just us, you know, you had me, Glenn, Jared, uh, Jared, Nate, Jared was, Levi. Supposed to go to the, Jared was supposed to go to the Navy with me. And he, yeah, <laughs> Levi left me Walt, by myself. You had Walt. Walt ended up going, Abe went, Abe went, Abe. um, Abraham Bowie. He had went to the army. Uh, it was, it was a shitload a, of people. There was another guy in our in our class too that uh that went to school with us that uh, went to army. He wound up getting arrested a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was a lot of us. A lot of a lot of us around that town that was all that all like we all crossed each other past. A lot of us uh, ended up going to the military and deploying. With yeah, I forget those, the uh, new name, but he he got arrested for killing his girlfriend. But he went to school with us and he was in the army. Oh. I know yeah, who you're talking you know about. Light skin joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, I forget his name, uh, but yeah. Which was sister, shocked. Yeah, it was shocked. His sister, him and I think Nate go him, his sister and Nate went back and forth. They had words because of something Nate said. Oh, but, about him, um, about the incident? Yeah. Um, I mm-hmm. I can't remember her fucking name or his name, but yeah, yeah it was like a good name. it was like a good 15 of us between Lincoln, Ferris. Lincoln, Ferris, and Snyder that ended up getting deployed all around mm-hmm. the same time. Same time? Yeah. Which is cool so because we, you got people there that you know, and that, that could help you in the long run. Yeah, so it was like pretty much we all kept each other in good spirit. So. Yeah, that's good. That's good, that you have, that's good that you have people there. Definitely. It's good that you have people there to help you get through this shit. So what did you learn about yourself? Like through all, your, through all the time in Afghanistan, the deployment, the being stripped of who you was, trying to find a new identity? What did you learn uh, about yourself? The human body and mind can go through a lot of shit before it breaks. Mm-hmm. That's a great answer, bro. That is. That's funny you say that because I hear that a lot too. Yes, I hear that answer a lot. Yes, because all the time you never know how much your body you can take until it goes you through it. Until you, you break, you don't. Yeah. And like to be honest with you, I still don't know my limit because even then I didn't fold, I didn't break. Um, mm-hmm. My man's going Super Saiyan Five out here already. Yeah, you know it. so. I about myself, I'm like, yo, it's a lot of shit that if I, I, if you really put your mind to it, yo, the human body works in tremendous ways. Things that I didn't think I could do, I did it like to literally watch bullets land in front of you and just act like that shit does not matter is fucking insane. Yeah, and that I've is insane. Multiple- I've done it multiple times. I mean, I'm pretty sure any, <laughs> any, anybody that's over there getting to fight, because I used to watch, I still watch, you know, uh, Army, U.S. Army firefights, the ones that get caught on camera and stuff, and you mm-hmm. guys be getting it in over there. I did watch one funny video before I move on to the next question. It was the Taliban, <laughs> and they had a dummy on a stick. I don't know if you've seen the video. Right, right, they, right. They was poking the dummy at, and who I don't know if it was Afghanistan or United States, but whoever was was shooting at the dummy, and they was dying laughing. And then they would stick it out again, and y'all, somebody would shoot at it, and they die laughing. So that was it's usually funny, the bro. Taliban. That's uh, that's usually the Taliban. Like, that was they, the Taliban, but that shit was funny. They bro. do funny shit, but eh, it is what it is. <laughs> that shit was funny. I'm like, ain't no way in hell you 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 niggas are in war being shot at, and you think to grab a dummy and just sit here laughing while the dummy is getting shot at. So, you find little, little ways, side you, note. You find ways to keep yourself entertained. Yeah. So if if there's one thing. You could tell civilians that they are, uh, or is it one thing you wish civilians understood about the military that they don't? What is it? Um, my advice, if you want to uh, go pursue that career, know what it is you're getting into and research everything before you um, 
before you enlist. And uh, I always tell people this, it takes a very, very, very special type of stupid to uh, enlist in the military and take a job like I did. And why do I say that? You going into the military, you don't know if you're gonna like it. You no. don't know. I know people be like, yeah, I think I'll like it. You think because of what you think you know, you don't know if you're gonna no. like it. Mm-hmm. You don't know. I always tell people, take a job in the military that you can apply to civilian lifestyle, medical, mm-hmm. law, aviation, mechanical. Mm-hmm. Just in case you don't like it, you can leave with a particular set of skills where you can take to Boeing, you can take to a law firm, you can take to a hospital, you can mm-hmm. take them to have a specific set of skill. He said, get on your list, Liam Neeson, guys. Be like Liam yeah, Neeson. I had, <laughs> I have a particular set of skills and that's pretty much running and gunning. But there isn't a job where that's a requirement. Even mm-hmm. with the police, you don't need to do that to be a police officer. Police officer yeah. So I came back hunting. and even then you don't need that. I came out here with my resume that is only fit to be a mercenary. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I can shoot, I can blow stuff up, I can operate under pressure. I try to look for a job at a dealership. They look at them like that has nothing to do with being in a dealership. Mm-hmm. That has it doesn't so take something where you can apply it to regular day living. That would be my pull up biggest piece of don't advice. Buy a car from That's good Mark. advice. That's good advice because, like you said, Mark, a lot of people do go into the military. A lot of people do go into the military <laughs> thinking that they'll make it through or they'll figure it out, and it, it ain't built for it. And Mark, yeah, like, ain't, Mark ain't telling you guys you ain't built for it, but I'm gonna tell you, you guys ain't built for it. It takes a special like, type of person. So now, to be an, so now, infantryman. To be an infantryman in that in that field, it takes a special kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. I always said based on that statement mm-hmm. right there, that special kind of stupid. Well, looking back, were you that special kind of stupid? He, he did say he did say he was. He said like me. He's like stupid <laughs> like me. He did say that. Yeah, yeah you gotta part, admit the, it. You gotta admit the it. The fucked up part about it is if I can do it all over again, I would do you it would. the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it, takes, I it takes a special kind of stupid. Like, listen, no as much no I'm good at what I, I I was good at what I did, and um, if I could turn back the hands of time, if I couldn't have been a pilot, and still knowing what I know now about having a set of skill, I would still go back and be an infantryman. Yeah, I would still do it. So, like I said, it takes it. it takes a special kind of stupid it. man. So, so yeah, what what is what is one thing you miss and one thing you don't miss about being in the army? One thing I miss is the camaraderie and the badassery of my job. Like nice. it's dope as hell where you can roll up in the truck, <laughs> jump out. Say it one more time. Say it one more time for me, badassery. The, say it one more the time. Camaraderie and badassery. So some poetic just now. Basically, what that means, like at any at any point in time, me being an infantryman, I can jump up in the turret. Whether it's like me using the automatic grenade launcher, the 50 cal, the missiles, I can do what I got to do. I can jump out of the truck, get four of my guys. We can run up, clear a house, clear a room, clear a building, set charges, throw grenades, level the building, do. build it back up uh, again. In other words, fuck shit up and leave. I miss that aspect of it. I miss the the cool look, the camo. Have I miss, you ever walked away from an explosion in slow motion? Yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. He's no, saying no, no. slow motion like movies are real. Like but, um, movies are real. But I miss, <laughs> I miss the badass. I miss the combat, the adrenaline rush. What I don't miss about the army is 
Everything I just mentioned. The bullets. Everything I just yeah. mentioned is. He said, I, he said, I, I love missed it, the badass and karate, but I don't miss that badass karate. <laughs> like, now nah, it's totally understandable. If you don't understand that, then you, you just leave. The, <laughs> just, the just reason why I say I don't miss it is because as much as I love doing my job, somebody's life had to pay. Pay, yeah. Somebody and uh, I'm never, I'm not a violent person. I take life serious. And uh, I always say this the second you take a life, a part of you dies with them, which is your innocence. It's the same thing as when you lose your virginity. So sometimes you have to deal with it, whether it's morally right for you to do that. Mm-hmm. And you have to deal with it. Like you mm-hmm. just put somebody in a box. You took away somebody's son, but, brother, yeah. father, mother, daughter, child. So I don't hey. miss that aspect of it. Yeah. I like the fact that I was able to do it, but I don't miss it. Miss it, yeah. So when I was hey. young, when I was young, me and Chiba had this friend named Mark. And Mark came from the... Oh, Mark was in the army. Mark spent some he time was in the, the same army. Same way, yeah. yeah. And he told mm-hmm. us a story. He told a story. I tell yep. the story real quick. So he said that he was on patrol. <laughs> it was him and his uh, him and his I little squad. And they walked up to like a bar or a restaurant, and they just they stand there trying to get something to eat. Blah blah. They doing whatever they was, and he said he sees this lady in a corner, and she's sweating bullets. Nah, you said yeah. it wrong. They weren't no. in the bar. They, no, no they I said they were in somewhere. They were in some type of place. I said it was a bar or restaurant. They were in some oh, type of place. I said they were in a bar. Nah, I they, said they bar were or restaurant. He was on, they were on yeah, like they were in some, yeah, some type they of place. Doing recon and it was, a, the, it was a lady spot. there. Yeah, it was a lady there. Mm-hmm. And she was sweating her ass off. And he said, I couldn't take my eyes off her. her. He said, mm-hmm. I couldn't. He said, something in mm-hmm. my body she just told me that she was going to do something. He said, I could not take my eyes off. And he said, a few seconds later, she went to lift up. And he said, I popped her. He said, I had to drop mm-hmm. it. I had to do it. And he told that story. He he's like, that yo, up. that's the, he tells it the like same way you, you tell it. it. Like, it was, it's yeah, either it your life or mine. Or mine. Yeah. And you're going to die for your country before I die for mine. Oh, yeah, so God. that's like, that's like the things I don't, I don't miss about it. I don't miss and that's doing a job because that shit brought nightmares. That shit mm-hmm. brought uh, PTSD out the ass. Mm-hmm. So, Damn, uh, yeah. And I that shit is real. That shit is real. People don't understand it, but that is real in soldiers that come back. Like, I will say this. All the bad assery that you do comes with a price. Yes. yes. And that price is your sanity. <laughs> yes. We're going to get a little bit more yeah. into uh, the, the mental aspect of the Army with another guest that comes on because he suffers from PTSD. Okay. Yeah, he suffers no from PTSD from the Army. So, we all do. If, yeah. So if you if you want to talk about it on yeah, and you can, but... Nah, I, I'm going to lead it. I'm going to Yeah, okay. Him. I'm going to definitely get into him because you can literally tell just by looking at him like... His experience changed his life, but he's a cool dude. He works his ass off. He's just trying to get to a place where he's stable in life and he could just enjoy it without his mental bothering him. So I understand it. So let's get to the shot. All right. I want I just want to know what you thought in the moment of being shot, the moment after the shots, after the shooting stopped, and the moment, the moment right before you went into surgery. What were you thinking in those three moments? Um, so we got ambushed. And um, pretty much my team got split up and we were on two different sides of cover. I was on a slope and at the time I was dismounted. I was a machine gunner dismounted. I set, that, I set my gun down to engage the enemy. I looked down my scope, I didn't see anything. And I looked back where the other team was, they were fucking being pinned down. So I'm like, yo, I think these guys, I had to fix myself to try to get a better position of where these guys were i moved and i looked down my scope again all right these guys are in a tree line which is about three football field three four football fields away so 
I am uh, now laying down suppressive fire so these guys can run their asses from that side to my side. Mm -hmm. With me doing that, it exposes my position because now you can see the dust kicking up where I'm shooting from. As I'm doing that, they started shooting at me and the bullets are starting to land all around me. And I'm like, I'm going to get hit. I'm like, I know it. I'm going to get hit. But I'm halfway behind a building and I'm laying on my on the ground. So I'm like, if I get hit, it's not probably not going to be fatal. It's going to mm-hmm. hurt. But if he's going to hit me, he's either going to hit me in the arm or he's going to graze the top of my helmet because I'm kind of like, still, yeah. you see how this, cool. this right here stops like how mm-hmm. this, like my camera uh-huh, cut yeah. off. So mm-hmm. if I'm behind the wall, I'm literally like this. Uh-huh. So all he Ooh. had was my head, head my hand. arm, yeah. and a piece of my leg, leg because I had to prop my leg out. And the motherfucker hit me in a leg. I didn't know. I didn't Ooh. know I was shot. So I knew my leg was broken. I just didn't know how it happened. I thought when somebody ran past me, they stepped on my leg by accident, and that's what broke it. So oh, I'm yeah. still, my, I look down, I'm like, oh shit. I let my AG, I was like, yo, man, I don't know what the fuck happened, but my leg's broken. And he looked, he was like, how the fuck did that happen? I'm like, I don't know. I'm still shooting at these motherfuckers. Um, I end up popping somebody. And after a while, I remember it was hard to breathe. Like my mouth got really dry and I got pulled off the gun. My leg twisted in two different uh, directions. I felt man. the shock. Of my like the 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 pain, Everything but I was still high on down. adrenaline. You felt it all now. Yeah, I was starting to feel it. And I was high on adrenaline. Then uh, mm-hmm. they pulled me by my vest, sat me up against the wall. They're like, like, yo, what the fuck happened to you? Like, how'd your leg get broken? They was like, oh shit, yo, Mac's been shot. So when they said that uh, Mac has been shot, I'm like, I got shot. When the fuck we got? When he the was fuck like, was like this is in the boom <laughs> like, he, he started <laughs> rewinding it like yeah. it was right like, at this moment. I'm like, when the fuck did I get? I'm like, was I there when I got shot? Because I don't right. remember this shit. Yeah. When did this Dog, go down? I freaked the fuck out. I panicked. I slipped in and out of shock, and uh, I ended up getting uh, carried from one side of this village to the other side. It was the worst. Were you the only one that, that got hit in that scenario? No, no. So after I got pulled off the gun, the AG, the uh, alternative, uh, the assistant gunner, he got shot as well. Oh, man. And uh, he, the, his, his was a flesh wound. Mine was a bone wound. And yeah. uh, I ended up getting carted off. It hurt like mm-hmm. hell. I got thrown on I a helicopter. Mm-hmm. I pretty much passed the hell out. And I kept waking. I, slept, I kept going in and out of shot. Like, I'm two and a half pints dry. Yeah, and three Ooh. pints renders you brain dead, brain dead pretty much yeah. fucking unconscious. So I'm just trying to fucking stay alive. It's like I'm, it's like if you ever been really sleepy, and you're you trying the hardest it? to fight in your sleep. Yeah, t- that's T-Brown what, know. T-Brown know what you're that's talking pretty about. much what uh coming close to death feels like. It's like no matter how hard, okay, no matter how hard you try to stay awake, your body won't let you. Like it's got to be scary in that moment. Um, Once you figured it out, like, oh, I'm shot, and you started going into shock, I think that that was your body. Because I think if they never told you you got shot, you probably would have still been on your gun shooting it. At that moment, when I realized what it was, the totality of the situation, the severity of it, I accepted it. Mm. I'm out of here. But it ain't much. It's it's not much else you can do but accept it. Right. Exactly. I can't. 
I can't kick, cream, scry, uh, cry. I can't do shit if if it's my time. Yeah, I feel you. That's how I feel. If, if God gonna take us, God gonna take us. Too, man. So, because as yeah. you're telling the story, you sitting there like, man, I know I'm gonna get shot. It's gonna yeah. happen. You felt so, it. And then at that point, you weighing your options. And that's literally like how you think as a person, just in general, or something little. When you just getting a sandwich, you sitting here like, all right, so if I get this turkey, it's going to yeah. be all right. <laughs> it, was either, about this it was either I stay was there. Like, it was either stay there and draw the fire towards me so they can uh get to the other side or just let them take the bullet. And I'm like, nah, uh, I, that ain't right. Said, so I'm was, on this action. Uh, it, I, I got to I gotta do what I, I got to do my job, so. That's what happened. And you did it, man. You kept you kept people safe that day. Even though you took a bullet, you kept people safe. And I think that, yeah, that's what you took away from them. It was an even exchange. I made sure they got out of that situation. I took a bullet for it. And they made sure I got out of that situation. So, And the so, icing on the cake, you took somebody down with you. We took a few people down with us. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, watching, I'll be watching the videos of the there tree. Like, go. when you guys are engaging people cold. in the tree lines. Like, mm-hmm. how do you do... Because I know, like, from watching it, you you guys look for for like um, signals of where they're shooting at bullets, uh, dust kicking you look, up, you uh, leaves anything, moving, uh, sight scope lights or something like that. Like you look for things even more uh, minuscule than that. You'll look for animals running away from a direction. You'll look for where birds scatter from. Mm-hmm. You'll look for stuff like that uh, even before a shootout. If you see a flock of birds leave, something's in that area, and you want to find out what that is. What it is, yeah. So, you look for stuff. You'll you'll look for patterns that are uncommon. Okay, why is this village empty during high noon? Why is nobody out at this farm? Why is oh, yeah, nobody that's a, out praying? Yeah, that's you know, a, telltale that's a signs. Yeah, telltale mm-hmm. signs are why aren't the kids coming home from school in this general direction? Mm-hmm. Why do you think outside the box it. like that? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. So they uh, were the Taliban was that organized that they stopped the kids from walking down a block they wanted to ambush you guys on? It's not even that. It's just that when the Taliban is setting up shop to do shit, everybody knows it but us. And mm. when they set up shop, nobody wants to be around for when bullets fly. So mm. when you go, if the Taliban is going to attack you, if the Taliban is going to shoot at you when you hit a village, these people are not going to stay in the village. They're going to go in their house, in their hut. They're going to close the doors. And yeah. They're not going to be outside. They don't want to get hit by stray rounds. It's like in them old Western movies where they know the people used to come. They close the doors mm-hmm. and they'll close up, close up shop and everything. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. no different, no <laughs> different. The the aspect of it is but is except, is, he is didn't amazing. Get the memo. They just pulled up like, and they was like, yeah, I know. So have you? So when you got ambushed, it was uh. It was like you guys were surrounded or was just like them shooting from one, one, one They way? were shooting from two, three directions. Well, yeah, because because the videos I watched, they were pretty organized. I'm not going to yeah, say that they're organized as us, but they were pretty organized. They're not as organized, but they have their tactics. Tactics, yeah. Their Ooh. tactics do work. Work, yeah. So, yeah, that Ooh. was pretty much it. Yeah, so... It's not organized, but it's effective. So if you could, if you could okay. tell... Young black men that's looking to go into the army, one thing, what would you tell them? Research. And if it's something that you really want to do, do it. Um, it paid it paid for a lot of shit. It the only thing about it is sometimes you can you can pay with your life. You can make the ultimate sacrifice. Hopefully you don't, but if you don't have shit going for yourself, 
might as well do it. And for all the people, I hear this shit all the time. Man, I ain't going in the military because I ain't about to be out here fighting the white man's war. Keep that same energy when your friends are selling the white man drugs because that shit ain't come from black people either. 100. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100. I don't think I don't think people understand sometimes what they be what they be talking about, bro. I just yeah, don't think so. they understand what they be talking about. Yeah, I'm not fighting a war. Yeah. I'm not fighting a war for people that sitting behind the motherfucking door and they ain't going over there with me. Like yeah, so when Bush was in it. office, Bush should have strapped up and went with me. <laughs> I would have went with him, bro. He should have been I'm, over there I'm fighting with me. I'm just not about that war life. Nah, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Only war I'm in is the one that's on my PlayStation Four controller. And that's when I'm shooting zombies or I'm playing like Call I said, of Duty. Only people like me that yeah, do special, stuff like that. Special people, bro. Special kind of But shout out to you guys, stupid. man. Shout out, shout out. I, I was gonna said, do it at the end. I was gonna do it at the end, but we're we're uh I was gonna do it at the end, but we're moving past yeah. the the military and about to get into some cop stuff. So I want to thank all the people that do serve in the military, have served in the military, right, whether you was injured, you right. suffer PTSD. We want to give you, you know, you guys have our support here at the What's Up Brother mm-hmm. podcast, all right? And if you guys yeah. ever want to come on and sit down and talk to us, man, we here, all right? Whether you want to do it on camera or off camera, we here, man. We always down for a conversation, all right? So we want to give you guys right, the right. utmost respect because without you guys, man, America would not be safe. And that's just the, all that's right. just the, 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 the gist of it. If you guys didn't sign up for the army to protect us, bro, anybody could just come over here and ravish us if we, if, you know, if we didn't right. have the, the, the setups mm-hmm. that we do. So I thank Definitely. you guys for going and serving yeah, and, you know, you guys got family and man, the one reason, one of the reasons I didn't come become a cop and it's just maybe medium reason was because every time I talked about it, my mom and my grandmother cried, like literally cried and begged me not to do it. So uh, I, had, second uh, reason, I dealt with that. Second reason I didn't become a cop because the time where I graduated with my, I do have a criminal justice degree. Um, cops were, cops were killing people and people were killing cops. And all the crying and the tears, my, the reasons why my mom and my grandma was telling me why they didn't want to be caught, it was right in front of me. And I had to deal with it. It's either, yo, you go into it and you have a chance of, of dying for, for, for a cause that's, that's not going to change anything. Because the reason why I wanted to be a cop was to change. It was to change the, the environment around me. I grew up in the hood. I wanted this shit to change. And right. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it from there. I feel like I could make more of a change here in this seat talking to people like you, Mark, uh, than I would be able to be a cop because I can't change it being one person. So, right. and, and with that, we're going to segment into being a cop. How is it being a black man and being a cop? I'm in a position where everybody hates us. <laughs> I mean, nobody really fucks with the police. Um, and I'm hated on both fields, you know? Yeah. Do you feel it's harder for a black cop? Yeah, because off the rip, you're uh, you're stigmatized and everything like that. You know, you face some type of you know prejudiceness on the job because you're from the area that you work, and even when you uh, are going to certain neighborhoods, people don't fuck with you off the simple fact, yo, you're a fucking cop, you're a pig. Like it's like an unwritten rule, I guess. Like black people are not supposed to be in law enforcement. And I'm like, man, fuck you. But if we wasn't in law enforcement, how much worse do you think it would be? Way worse because now you have nobody to uh, sympathize with you, empathize with you. So, and that's how about the wonder too. Do you do you do you do a lot of that with your job? Like aside from the hate, does that still lead you to like still cut people a break or like how you just saying like everybody's just like fuck you? I look at it like this, man. 
the way I used to police was um, my handcuffs and my tickets, you got to earn them. They're not something I just give out. So I get called mm. somewhere. I want to rectify the situation as peaceful as possible. Mm-hmm. I'll let you that. know that what you did wrong and how we're going to address it, how we're going to fix it. Not saying every time I did that, but for certain things, there are ways to go where, you know, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be, you know, detrimental to that person's livelihood. Like I would never right. want to go into a situation and fuck somebody life up just because I can, because having a record is having a fucking record. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, at the end of the day, if I, I always look at it like this, I want you to leave this situation having a different mindset about cops. Whether you hate cops afterwards, just know that all cops are not what you see. See, Because at the end of the day, I have a record. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I'm from the hood. Now I'm at a point in time where the people I'm encountering are younger dudes. And man, you're not from here. I'm like, honestly, dog, I remember your mother before your mother passed away. I remember your uncle. I went to school with your uncle. I went to school with your sister. I remember you when your mother brought you in the hospital. I'm like, man, not for nothing. Not for nothing. I dated your sister. Your sister's such and such, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know more yeah. about them than they do themselves. See, yeah. that's a that's an important factor. Like when it comes to How hoods, especially though, hoods, man? cops that um, are born uh, that that are around that need to be cops there because they understand it more than a cop that's not from that town. And yeah, even though some, like, uh, even though a cop from that town might might can bring some some things along that can help him. You know, understand situations. Uh, cops from that area understand what those kids are going through. They understand yeah, like, what the family I, I mean, aspect is, what the community aspect is, and they can give a a, a correct a judgment of the situation than a cop that's from three, four towns over. Yeah, like I, I I see a lot of these kids, and it sucks because you know a lot of them. It you know what it fucks with you when you realize the person that just got killed around the corner looks like me, mm-hmm. and the person that killed them. Looks, looks like, like me. me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these kids, they feel like, man, this is the hood. I can't really escape. Yeah, you can. Just yes, get a believe. Yep. I know it's mm-hmm. hard, but yo, the hardest thing I had to remember was my mother told me she was like, "Yo, if you go into the military, I'll never speak to you again." I'm like, "Well, that's something you got to live with." Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I left, and I left. I agree. I'm like, I'm not. Because you know what, I, I if you took that and you and you could have let that stop you do so so many things, just her words yeah. alone could have stopped you from pushing your life forward. Yeah, and so a lot of people, a lot of people get hemmed up in that. Like, yeah, you gotta, like you gotta do. Literally best for you. told me she's like, yeah, I would never speak to you again. And I'm like, that sounds like a you problem. Honestly, I know this sounds harsh, but I'm like, listen, you were in your. My mother was uh in her fifties at the time. I'm like, listen, you lived the you lived a full life. Mm-hmm. I'm only 17. I'm not going to let a person that's lived a full life stop me from living a life My that life, I don't know yeah. nothing about. So 100%. I'm like, listen, I have, I, I have to, like, I, I can't stay here and be complacent and not apply myself to potentially see where I can fit in in this world. I can't do that because of your emotion. I refuse to. So I was like, I'm still going to leave. <laughs> Right. I mean, you did what's best for you. And I think, uh, I think young men, young black men, that's out here, young black women, you guys can't be held back by your family. Uh, You guys got to step up and push yourself to do more. Mm -hmm. A lot of generational curses that, you know, I see at work and I try to break 
some of that stuff, even just by talking to people. People, yeah. I went, listen, live your life. Fuck, it's fuck society, all right? Yes. Live your wow. life. Yes. Fuck society. Live your, your life. Like, if, it makes, too, man. if it makes you happy, do it. Pursue it. It doesn't, it's going to suck to get where you want to be, mm-hmm. but fuck It's it. going to be satisfying when you get there. And that's exactly. what you guys got to so, think about. It's going to be satisfying when you get there. Me being a cop, you know, I get to help people. I get to see, I get people to see, you know, a different side of going about situations, just open their eyes to certain things. And, um, you know, I take it very serious. I'm now in a position where I'm not a frontline cop anymore. I'm on the detective side of it. So now I'm actually investigating stuff and, Mm -hmm. um, I, I get to see the closure sometimes. Yeah. So. It's a, it's a little bit different. As a PO, you know, you get there, you address the situation. As a detective, you now take that situation and investigate it and see it through to the end. Mm-hmm. So, and get the solve. That's yeah, And that's yeah. what I wanted to be. I want to be a homicide detective. And that was another yeah, reason. Homicide is different. Homicide yeah, is different. Yeah, I, wanted I don't to work be, homicide. I, I studied to be a homicide detective since I was seven. So just imagine the thought process I went to to give up being a cop. Yeah. I mean, homicide, Jersey City Police, we don't investigate our own homicides. That's done by the Hudson County Prosecutor. Prosecutor, yeah. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. like, that's just a different, I still respond to homicides and everything, Mm -hmm. shooting, I respond to some of them, but it's just that whole, the whole working of that is just, it's a a different aspect. I I couldn't even give you insight on it because I don't work them. Yeah, I can give you insight. Mm. I studied this. (laughs) I had a cop. See, I used to be lucky, bro. I had an ex-cop who was my substitute teacher, bro. So he used to sit by the computer with me and we used to just go over it, bro. I remember it like it's yesterday. Like I'm like I'm five again, six again, sitting in in the chair. Like just I could I could flash my life back to that point. So I wanted to ask you. So a big reason why you know we had you on here is you being a cop. We wanted to talk about police brutality, not from, you know, just a black person's eye, but you're on the force. So you, you kind of see it from a, from a different, different perspective. So I'll start off with what is police brutality to you? What is the definition of it? Pretty much anytime you take uh, your force and make it excessive. So you have a situation under control and you taking your authority and you're abusing your authority. I don't, I don't condone that. That shit is, that's some sucker shit to me. Mm -hmm. It happens. I feel like in this day and age, we get zoned in on so much police brutality that you don't see the other side of it. Like, mm-hmm. think about it. Nobody hates firemen. Because no. All they, all they do is put firemen? out the fires. I said, no, nobody hates them. All they do is put out the fires. But do firemen fuck up? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. do. But nobody hates firemen because it's not glorified. You mm-hmm. hear about a lot of police brutality because that's what's glorified. glorified Listen, yeah. you have way more cops saving lives than you have mm-hmm. taking lives. 100. Way more. But we hone in on the uh, Sandra Sandra Blands, the you know Oscar Grants, the uh, Trayvon Martins. We zone in on it. And those, all of those are horrible. Does police brutality happen? Absolutely. It happens. Absolutely. But um, I feel like what needs to happen is that the cops that are doing this stuff, they have to be they have to be punished to the fullest extreme because mm-hmm. consistently though consistently it, yeah, I think consistently that's the key. It gotta be consistently. My thing is, there's no room for you. I I feel like that whole I feared for my life. It's no room for that. Like the way that it's being used. Mm-hmm. I, feared, I feared for my life. Like if you are if you are a cop and 
you're going to approach an unarmed person and they're getting aggressive and your only resort is to pull out a gun, you don't need to be a fucking cop. Cop, right, 100. And you're hearing that out of a cop's mouth. So you don't need to be a cop stop. because at the end of the day, you get aggressive with me, I'm going to be, you know, as calm, as collective I can be. But, you know, the second you swing, I'm going to punch you down your fucking shit. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if we got no body camera. This body camera going to catch it. This ass whooping. He's going to save this shit. <laughs> Guess what? The judge get to watch but it, too. <laughs> the judge get to watch it. Your mom get, get to watch, watch it. it. You get to watch it. Babysitters, Bill Collectors, whoever. You get to watch this ass whooping. So babysitters and Bill Collectors. I don't understand it when a lot of these... I don't understand a lot of the times when these cops, they get off with the old, I feared for my life. I'm like, well, that's that's a problem because because you got to do this. Like, no, nah, I'm not doing all of this shit. I'm not doing all of this shit. All right, you're not. No, I'm not doing all of this shit. You sure you're not? No, I'm not doing all of this shit. Not like, sir, you got to come back. Let's stop. Get- <laughs> Watch that just snuffle. <laughs> put him, put right. him to sleep. I don't, I don't understand it. Like, but why is you, it? And that's a, that's a very important thing that you're saying. I'm making light of it because I'm a jokester, Marks and those. I try to make yeah, fun yeah. out of every fucking thing. But why is it that cops feel like when they're dealing with unarmed black men, that their first resort is a gun? Because they're scared. They're scared of us. You got the. I know. Let's be real. They got you. Uh, you let's say you're a white cop a white kid from the suburbs, you've never been around black folks, you've never been around the hood, you get thrown into a, a city where it's the hood, mm-hmm. you, the only thing you got is what you know, what you see on TV or TV, what yep. it is perceived to be fucking mm-hmm. black. And for some reason, you feel like black people are made of uh, animanium or whatever the shit that Wolverine's fucking claws yeah. made out of. Yeah, yeah, like you just feel like black people are made out of that, and the only thing that can put them down is a fucking gun bullet. Like, get the fuck out of here. Go be I a cop in the city that she worked in. But see, that goes like, back. That goes back to what I said earlier. Amazing. That goes back to what I said earlier about <laughs> about cops being uh, put into cities or uh, that they that they live next to or three towns over, and they don't know the city. They don't know the I roads. feel like they should. I feel like they shouldn't allow, they shouldn't be allowed to be cops in this area. Like, and that's why I harp on black people. Like, man, fuck that. Be the chain that you can see. Be fucking come a cop. Right. I see, I see three people that I went to high school with, all black men that are Jersey City cops. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. Because it's like they grew come up in Does this area. Does that make area. you feel good? Does that, that you're like a police in officer area. in your own hood? Hell yeah. Because at the end of the day, listen, you know, if I come to your house, if you ain't got no gun, I ain't gonna shoot you. There you go. If you ain't got no knife, I ain't gonna And, and I can tell you this, seeing, seeing you on the corner. I'm not going for I'd be happy if you came to my door if I was back in there. I'd be happy if it was you. Shit. Yes, I might put these hands on you. I might put these hands on you, but at the end of the day, <laughs> it, it's warranted because of your actions. It's not actions, like I just yeah. came in and rough you up. Like, no, that's not me. I, I'm not much so big. I'm only what? I'm five, nine, 170 pounds. Like, I'm not just going and throwing weight. Like, right. nah, that's not me. But at the end of the day, you can rest assured, like, I can understand. I can uh, empathize with you. I can understand exactly where it is you come from. Mm-hmm. I can understand why you feel emotional, but I also mm-hmm. can let you know, listen, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely wrong. You cannot do this. Lawfully, you can't do this. You got to leave, or you got to go, or you got to come with us. So Right, and I want to say this, guys. What Mark is saying, there's so many cops. I mean, so many cops like this, bro. 
but you guys just lump the bad ones and you think all of yes. them are bad. No, there's so many cops that feel this mm-hmm. way that would love to get the bad seats out, but it's the system that's put in place that mm-hmm. actually makes it hard for them to do it. So you guys so got to understand feel Like, yo, listen, you want these bad cops out of place. Listen, come on this job because it's been like my, like my district alone is very fucking uh, multi-culture. Uh, like it's a lot of black cops mm-hmm. that work in the South district. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll see some shit. I'm like, yo, yo, nah, uh-uh, nah. That ain't good. Nah, that but that's good, what you like, need. That's what you need. They, they like there was a black, there was a oh. black woman cop. Uh, forget the year, but she just, I think, last year just got her pension back. But a white cop was beating a black man up unarmed, and she fucking jumped on him, and he wound up punching her in her face because she pulled him off of her, and then she wound up getting fired and lost her pension, and she fought for like ten years to get it back. I forget the lady's name. I think okay. it was. In, I think it was in Florida. I'm not sure. I think it was I know in what you're talking about. I know yeah. what you're talking about, but, but I'm not shit sure. Like that, oh, yeah, I thought shit you were like reaching for happens. the record books for it. I thought you had oh, it. Oh, no, no. Shit like that happens. So hold on, wait. Is... Okay, I got it right nah. here. All right, here so, we go. You're so talking shit, about Mary Beth. Shit, huh. shit, like, shit like that happens. So it's like for, for cops out there, they, that is something that they do worry about. They do worry mm-hmm. about, you know, speaking up, saying something, and then losing their career. Absolutely. So that's why most cops don't say anything. Nah, but we. We're past that right about now with in this department. You have to like, be, you have to be, and it needs to be like way, that all over the world. It's way too many brothers on this uh, force now for shit to just be happening when nobody says nobody mm-hmm. saying nothing. Right, and that's how it needs mm-hmm. to be. It needs to be a diverse group. So when when niggas step out of line, but the somebody can say something. Somebody can step up mm-hmm. like, "Yo, the way you handle that in that moment, the way you yo, what you doing? Let them go. You, nah, it's not how you do it." Yeah, we like, definitely got. We definitely have that up um, in this Word. department to a degree. Word. And we appreciate that. You, 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 we oh, appreciate good. the real community that understand that every cops are good cops. Like we know good cops. Like I grew up around good cops. My family with cops, they were good cops. Like, so people that understand that understand the aspect of a good cop understands that you guys do good work. And when, when you guys could be free and stopping somebody, 100% you guys would. But people don't yeah. understand that sometimes in some states and some cities, they have restrictions. They are very mm-hmm. restricted from touching another cop or stopping another cop from harming somebody. So that's yeah, why a me, lot of I'm, times you'll see me, cops I'm either standing on the side. Right. But it's sometimes you'll see cops standing on the side or, or more, more majority of the time you'll see them join in because it's like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm not going to sit here and not join the fucking. And then they look at me like, oh, he the whistleblower. Nah. Like, no. So I join the fucking let you know, like, listen, we ain't doing that shit, bro. Right. So how do you think, how do you think uh, police brutality affects a black community? It just perpetuates the stereotype that um, all cops are bastards. So if you have somebody, think about it in aspects of fucking dogs. Pit bulls are rabbit. Pit bulls, this, that. Uh, pit bulls bite people. They're just aggressive by nature. Are they? No. 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 Bad trainers train bad dogs. Bad dogs, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, no matter what type bad, of bad trainers train dogs to be bad dogs. Mm-hmm. So if you have a person that doesn't like dogs already, the second mm-hmm. a fucking dog does something out of pocket, they're gonna be like, see, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They're gonna hate and it. Gonna so, it's gonna act like that because you're putting off that type of energy. So therefore, uh-huh. that's all you're gonna know. Now, if you want to get into a Dalmatians, they some angry motherfuckers. Uh-huh. They There's certain really dogs that come with certain attitudes, but if you train them the fucking right way, all chihuahuas are the most, most vicious. Yeah, they nastiest <laughs> fucking dogs that nobody they, ever. They mess your ankles up, bro. Yeah, but nobody everybody ever says them. anything about them. Nah, because they're everybody so small. They, because see, they're so small. That's what the problem is. They equate oh, big 
They create big with scary, small oh, with yeah, innocent. And that's not always the lady, case. Because there's that's a lady that comes case. around my house when she walks her dog. She afraid of my dog because my dog is a great dame. And she walks around with some shit that's like a shih tzu or something like that. And she Maybe old ass lady, so she market. afraid. Right. And, yep, and and she she be trying she be mad when on the because every time my dog be out there and she walk through Quasi be barking his ass off <laughs> because of a little like, dog and plus at the same time Quasi just want to play he a big old level boy he barking for your attention for you to touch him he just he yeah. be crazy so, she get scared every time it sucks I, but I already kind of know the answer because you kind of answered it already but I'm gonna ask the question for the people if a suspect if a suspect did not resist. Officers wouldn't use force, true or false? You're not supposed to. So majority of the time, I'm going to say that's true. From my standpoint, from what I've seen. Seen, okay. So if you don't resist, they don't use force. But if you are black and it's a, a white cop, it can happen. It can, it can, it can happen. So you, you guys got to be. Times too. You got some yeah, no, and I was going to say that. I was going to get to that. So I was going to get to that. I was going to get to that. So what he mean is, I grew up in a. We grew up in a hood. So you grew up on the opposite. We grew up on opposite ends of the hood. I was in this hood. You were all the way down here, marking this hood, bro. The menace in our community was black cops. It wasn't white cops. It was black cops, bro. They was the one beating us with the night sticks. They was the one fucking us up, bro. My, you don't I know how many say, times my brothers got fucked up by black cops, and the white cops are just standing there, like, yeah, they got them. They, they got them. They just walking. I will say, them. when it came to Jersey City, those black cops that was doing that shit, I'm not gonna say they had a good reason, but I understand it. Yeah, I mean, we we was wild. It was fighting everywhere, big brawl. So you had to get control of it. Yeah, but, especially around yeah. then. But in no those choice, moments, no in those team. moments, it was more of those black cops stepping up with them nightsticks than the white cops. I never the 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 two encounters I had with white cops was they pulled they stopped, didn't even get out of the car, told me and my brother to stop, asked us our name. It's like yo, we looking for somebody named Sugar Baby or something like that. It was like, all right, you guys have a nice Sugar day. Man. And then the second time is two undercover cops ran down on me and Tyrone. Didn't say they was cops. Nothing with white cops. I never had a bad encounter. Like, with I've had encounters with cops, some good, some bad. And I just took it as what it is. Yeah. Listen, that's it, is what it, is. it, it is. what it is. It is. And I, but I think that's what I'm alluding to. And I want your opinion on it. You know, because you, you always see these videos mm-hmm. of black people being stopped by cops. And the first thing they do is, what you stopping me for? You ain't got no right to stop me. You got, and I'm like, yo, that's the wrong way to handle the situation. If you stay calm, whether they're berserk or not, if you stay calm, the, the nine times out of 10, you're going to make it out of that situation 100% fine. I always tell people, the one thing we do, and that's it's not just in that situation, it's in situations. I tell people all the time, we have a tendency to realize, not to not realize that God gave us two ears and one mouth mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. Listen twice, talk once. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, if you're, there's no ignorance to the law, it's not an excuse. No mm-hmm. laws. Take your time out to read up on certain things. Motor mm-hmm. vehicle laws, especially. Take time out to find out what probable cause, reasonable suspicion is. Mm-hmm. Take time to uh, read some of those charges within your um, jurisdiction. So you're not um, bombarded with mumbo jumbo, uh, mm-hmm. cold talk. You can understand um, I get you get pulled over and let's say, oh, you know, your license, registration, insurance, 
all of that's up to par. Mm-hmm. And let's just say you ran through a stop sign. Cop pulled you over. License registration and insurance. Hand it to him. Mm-hmm. Don't ask, what did you pull me over for? Because it doesn't it matter. Right. Now, the reason why it doesn't matter is because if I'm going to give you a ticket, there's nothing that you can say that's going to yep. change my mind from me giving you a ticket. Fight it in court. Yep. Have don't record everything. Yep. But don't 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 end the situation. And it sucks that we have to think about it this way. Mm-hmm. But just know. So the second you give them license, registration, insurance. Hey, where are you going? Hey, you know I'm going home. Where are you coming from, officer? I'm going home. Don't bait them into an argument because at the end of the day, if everything is legit on your car, the most they can give you is a ticket. Mm-hmm. Once they start doing that, oh. Step out of the car. Well, officer, I'm not going to step out of the car. And this is the reason why I don't have to be nasty about it. You pulled me over for a traffic uh, title 39 violation. Mm-hmm. If you feel like I committed a crime, that's different. But I broke a traffic law. Mm-hmm. Write the ticket. I'll accept the ticket. And I would like to go on about my um, my business. Okay. Unless mm-hmm. you suspected me of doing a, a 2C crime, I'm not going to step out of the car. Yeah, because it's the right way of handling things and the wrong way of handling things. And most of the time, and you niggas handle things the wrong way, but then you want to put it all on the cop. You right. guys got to handle it the right way on your yeah. end, too. And I get it. And in, in some small cases, there are people that do handle it the right way. And the cop, some cops do have that little power trip that me and you talked about a little earlier. Right. And they, they go too far. But majority of the do. time, bro, if you guys stay calm, the cop is going to calm down. And I, I always look at it like this. Like, I've been pulled over numerous times numerous times just as recently as a month ago two months ago and um i was on my motorcycle and uh i blew i i didn't even say i blew a stop sign i did like a little rolling rolling stop stop. stop sign so i'm about to uh get on the turnpike and i see this bayon cop hauling ass to catch me and he catches up to me and i'm i could leave it ain't like he's going if I got on that highway, he said, I could dip on him on that If I got on 440, it wasn't no yeah. way he's going to catch. But I pulled over. So he gets out of the car, shut your bike off. Is that in the third? I'm like, all right, shut my bike off. Take my badge. I put it out. I turn around. He's like, oh, you're on the job? Yeah. And so he cut his body camera off. He's like, oh, man, you blew a stop sign. I'm like, how long have you been on the job? He's like, oh, I've been on a year and a half. Stop mm. doing that. Turn he's like, what do you mean? Off. No, no, no. It's not even that. He's like, uh, what do you mean stop doing what? I'm like, dog, I watched you out of my rear view mirror. You went across yellow lines. You know, you had people going to the side. You blew through the second stop sign only to catch up to me on a bike. And for what? This construction going on is daytime. This other cars, another car had to swerve once they seen your lights and sirens. You did all of that for what? For mm-hmm. a motherfucker on a motorcycle that you're not gonna catch, mm-hmm. I understand it. It's a traffic violation, but the extreme you went to catch up to me to it. made it well, way more it. dangerous than mm-hmm. what I did. Like I rolled through the stop sign, you did damn near eighty miles an hour to catch up to me, kicking up dirt, rocks, and everything, pushing people on the side of the road, going into oncoming traffic just to catch up like to you me. And I'm like, murder, what? and then you see that all the time too. I'm like, for what? Right. I told I'm you like, listen, you work for Hudson County. We already have a bad boy list for pursuits. We're not supposed to be pursuing cars. 
let alone motorcycles. I'm like, now, what happens if I decide I'm not going to um, I'm not going to pull over mm-hmm. and I'm going to go on for 40? Are you going to chase me? You're not going to catch me. All you're going to do is put my my life at risk because I'm traveling at a high rate of speed. I'm trying to get away from you. That puts other people's life mm-hmm. at danger because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm like, and you're traveling at a high rate of speed for what? Mm-hmm. Think twice before you do certain things. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them, mm-hmm. know when to walk away. You know what right. I mean? Everything is not, you gotta know it's not, it's not, yeah, it's not action every time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, oh shit, I got action. Let me go get mm-hmm. on. Nah, listen. And I think a lot, 20... I, think, I think a lot of them have that mindset. Like, I got to get on this. Is that like, and I say, you got to sit back we, and just take a breath. We got 25 years. We ain't got to catch everybody the first year. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm thinking. You catch everybody. Man. something to somebody. Sure. Yeah, cool. you will fuck around. You gonna fuck around and prove why these motherfucking cars uh need fucking better safety equipment. That's what you're gonna prove. Mm-hmm. You're gonna prove that shit to yourself. So Mark, if you witnessed a fellow officer committing a crime, what would you do? Ain't no fellow officer committing a crime in front of me. Don't do that shit, they know better. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, not over here, young blood. Not over here. Not over here. Not over here, which I can't ain't. even be mad at it. No, you ain't doing he that shit. Me, no I can't even be mad at it. He said they know better. You know what's going down when they say they know better. Right. I mean, I think we kind of... I'm looking looking over a question I I thought. We kind of answered it, so I'm not going to ask it. I'm kind of answered it. Yeah, so I'll ask, uh, can you describe a very... uh, I can't even speak. Can you describe a a very stressful situation in which you uh, remain calm and collected? December 10th, the uh, the Jewish shooting, which we won't speak about. Yeah, okay. Uh, Word. (laughs) Where you uh, did though, I'm, I'll give it to him, bro. I was watching from the window, and as calm as I had to keep myself, you were calm, bro. You were um, calm. You were calm, and the first cop on on not the first cop on site over there, but the first cop on site on my block. It was an undercover cop, but we'll talk about that. You, you were more calm yeah. than him, bro. When I seen you and seen him, I was like, nah, Mark, Mark gonna make it out of this shit. Um, but him, he, I don't know, because <laughs> there's been times where you know I had to keep my cool. I hate calls that have to do with kids. And I have a child and I I don't like the, I don't really want to talk about a lot of that stuff because it's still a sensitive topic in respect Mm -hmm. to the family. But it's been times where, you know, you got to keep level-headed. You see some shit and it sucks, but you got to get your emotions out of it. Because you're human at the end of the day. And I think people take that aspect away from cops too, is that you guys are human. Like you guys have families, you have children, you have wives, like... You yeah, guys have so, you, you guys like laughing and having conversations and 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 hanging yeah. out with your boys like you you like the same thing other people like but people just distance you guys from the rest of the humans and it, and it sucks because most yeah, of them, so most of you guys that wear that good. uniform are very good good people you guys are very good yeah people. so like a lot of that, a lot of those crimes it's just like you know, you see certain things and you gotta uh, put your emotions to the side and act accordingly. Word. So what do you view as the most important day to day? Uh, responsibility of a police officer going out there and making a connection with the uh, people that you uh, interact with because you might have like I was one time I was working uh, overtime in uniform and this lady she walked past and I'm just chilling talking to one of my boys on a corner she walked past I'm like how you doing she looked at me with a strange face and just walked I'm like oh okay maybe she's having a bad day so she came back maybe an hour later. I'm like, hey, how you doing? 
and she looked. I'm like, yo, last time I said something to you, you had a mean mug. Like now, what happened? Like, who pissed in your fucking cornflakes this morning? She like, nah, yeah, just that yo, y'all cops. Like, she like, y'all cops, y'all just be doing too much. I'm like, so saying hello to you is doing too much? She's like, no, but just in general, I'm like, so you're generally talking to me about a, a cop that you've never met before mm-hmm. that said, we so far, our interaction has been nothing but genuine. I said, how are you, how are you doing? So we're going to start there. I said, good morning to you. Mm-hmm. I said, good evening to you. So just on a personal level, the conversation, the connection that we had, the interaction that we had, can you say they were bad or good? She's like, well, for the most part, they were good. I'm like, mm. So because you've had bad interactions with other people, you're going to let that dictate how you go about your everyday life? Yes, most people do. Uh, I'm like, yeah. I'm like do you, I'm, so I'm like, yo, so do you plan on ever being married? She's like, yeah, if, uh, you know, yeah. if it happens. I'm like, you ever had a bad, you ever got cheated on? Yeah. So you think that, so with that, with that logic, I'll you'll never get married. Same analogy yeah, right. You'll the never get married. She's like, what do you mean I'll never get married? I'm like, well, if you're going to hold all the baggage. If you're going to treat all cops like they did something to you, why don't you treat dudes like that? Because you got cheated on. So why would you want to go seek marriage if, you know, you feel that way, yeah. You feel that way, like uh, every and you since you yeah, like generalize, you like you like generalizing everything. Why would you give another guy a chance if the last two dudes did you wrong? Like that's how you're coming. I'm like, oh, listen, you don't know me right. from a can of paint. Paint, right? All I don't right. know you. All I did was say it was good morning. Right. Sometimes a good morning is all a person needs. Needs. Yep. One hundred. One hundred percent. But I think that's a. I think that's a key. What you said. It's like. Most of us out here, we try to label cops we don't know. We don't try to get to know them as, oh, you're a bad cop. You're, you're, most of you guys do the same thing. No, they don't. Like, if you guys just take the time out to get to know them, like, then it, it would... I think my battery's died in my light. <laughs> so you got to have to deal with me like this for the rest of the podcast. I'm trying um, to keep my headphones charged, no lie. <laughs> but yeah, most, most cops aren't the way that we think they are. I think I think the most important thing that we need to get back to is police in the community being a community part of the community yes definitely. being a part of um, the community i'm a part of an organization called blesk so we do a lot of stuff within the community blesk stands for black law enforcement services in the community so we do book bag drives christmas drives toy giveaways barbecues block parties yeah. we do all types of stuff the well, if you could give me if you could give me the information to it i'll just drop it in the link below Definitely, um, I'll send that to you. Um, I'll send you our Facebook page. Right? Yeah, do it. You can do it to me. You can do it to me after. You can do it. You can do it after. Okay. You can do it after. So, so we don't take away from it. But yeah, just send me the links and I'll link the, the stuff down below, guys. So if you guys want to okay. check it out, you go check it out. All right. Um, so tell me about a time when you had to deal with a person who was acting hostile, not yet violent. How did you keep that that uh that situation from escalating? I kill people with their own stupidity. Um, so it was this one situation where this lady, she had called the cops and whatnot. We showed up in numbers because we have to. Um, so this dude is recording. And I'm like, oh, okay. I got my body camera on. I'm recording as well. So he's like, man, y'all cops, y'all, y'all show up. What for what? Y'all don't show up any other time when people doing this, that, and the third. So I'm like, really? Is that really what we're going? Like, I hate when people say that. I'm like, like, no, that's never really happened. Like, the most of the times the shooting happens, we're there really fucking quick. And be like, yeah, y'all take ten minutes. No, the fuck we don't. Listen, I watched the I watched the CCTV cameras, 
and I actually do the time it takes for the cop for the shooting to happen and the cops to get on scene. It ain't never been 10 motherfucking minutes, all right? Oh, no, no, so, you guys are really um, there on it ASAP. Um, and with the so cameras now, with the motion de detectors that you guys got out there, it's even faster. So I'm like, yo, dog, I'm like, yo, you, this dude is just talking mad shit. He like, man, y'all don't uh do nothing when people, y'all don't, don't come like this when people getting shot up, this thing, y'all don't try to help nobody. Y'all don't really want to help anybody. So I'm like, and you do? He's like, well, I'm doing way more than what you're doing right now. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, matter of fact, you live in the, the house with the green truck in front of it. I'm not going to say where he lives at. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but you live, privacy. Yeah, I'm like, like you that live in that, uh, I'm like, you live in that house, right? Yeah. I'm like, you new to the neighborhood. He's like, how you figure? I'm like, well, I've been in this district six years. I remember when you moved in and there's been five shootings that happened in front of your block. When did you ever uh, assist? But you the first one out Ooh. there with your video camera. I'm like, honestly, bro, somebody can get shot in the artery. It takes them about three minutes to bleed. It takes you about damn a minute to get your phone out. And phone out right. That's one minute you could even use to save his life. So I'm right. like, yo, what are you really talking about? Nah, see, you trying to deflect. I'm not, I'm not deflecting. If you're the person that witnessed somebody get shot, you're there at the scene of the crime. Why are you not you offering help? Phone in your hand. I'm like, why are you not, why are you not offering help? But see, that's important. I'm like, you know what why? you're saying is important. I'm is like, you know true? why you're not it's offering help? Is because true. you don't give a fuck. I'm like, listen, you live now in the hood. The you truth. know, you know the, uh, the, the probability the of motherfuckers getting shot is really high. High, yeah. You you don't want cop you don't you saying the police but you ain't doing nothing to help the situation. Mm -hmm. One hundred. Ain't doing nothing but help the situation. Yeah, I know this anything, goes to so... this goes out to all the people that just sit there and hold their phones and think that they're actually doing something. You're not doing anything. Yeah, you're not doing anything. I'm like, listen, the year of two thousand nineteen, twenty nineteen, I've been fucking back and forth to the hospital because I've had people's blood on my body so many times I had to get tested. Yeah. Tested. Uh, so don't sit there and tell me, oh, we don't do anything. I'm like, oh, you know how many times I don't have to put my fingers in people's bullet wounds to get them to stop bleeding? You know how many times that I used to have to take medical shades and cut people's fucking clothing because I have to get to their bullet hole? How many times I have to do chest compressions, uh, administer tourniquets? You know how many times damn. I have to do that shit? I don't you don't damn you near dare. Nurse out here, bro. Don't you dare sit there and tell me, oh, we don't. It's motherfuckers in the hood to be like, oh shit, that's the cop that fucking put the tourniquet. It's one dude that lives in the hood. I'm like, yo, you know you owe me. Like you, you yeah, owe me something because I, I got your blood. Life. I like you know, I literally had your blood coming up the sleeves of my uniform. Mm -hmm. So Ooh. when people tell me that shit, I'm like, man, you better get the fuck out of here. Yeah, fuck but up, I don't get swole. <laughs> I don't think Something people, I don't think people understand uh, the good the that cops do. They no. don't. They just want to jump on. It's like a lot of people just want to jump on the bandwagon. You got people that's never mm -hmm. had an interaction with the, the cops. cop. Right. That's and, on the bandwagon. Uh, that cops are bad. That's right. on the bandwagon. Like you like, had that Black Lives Matter rap. You had that Black Lives Matter fucking uh the, the march. Not the march that happened. And it was some Asian dude who didn't even live in the hood. And I'm like, not saying that you can't be a part of it, but I'm like, yo. What are you fighting you don't for? Even know. Do you even what know? are you fighting for? Do you even I'm know? Like you, that's like you hear a place got free pizza. You ain't never been there before, but you just show up for the pizza. Yeah, like, and, and, and that place been over 10 years. Like, like yeah. you're, you're saying defund the Jersey City Police. Why? What interaction did you have? Because I know where the guy lives. You're not from here. 
No, you're probably from the white little, you white little areas. With us. You you're not, not with us. You're not from here. We call the white areas. Like, you're not from here. You've never probably, the most you have is maybe a traffic violation. That's it. If that. Yeah. If that. Like, if that. I, like, come on, man. Like, get out of here. Like, you got you people like, I look at certain it. people and I'm just like, yo, you know what? I'm going to hush my mouth. It's so it's so funny right. that you you brought up the the fund the police because that's actually the next question. How did you feel about the fund the fund the police the fund you guys? I said when people wanted the police departments abolished, I was like, yo, for a week we shouldn't show the work. We shouldn't show up to work. For a week we shouldn't show up to work. Y'all don't want to. That would have been a lovely joke. Cool. The only if it was April Fool. Everybody, you all for the next perfect. week. You all for the next week. You want to hear something crazy? I said the same thing. Yeah, you go for the next week. And I'm a you civilian. Go, you and I live next week. I live dead ass in the hood, nigga. All the good right. shots I, I know what's going to happen. And I said the same thing. I'm like, listen, riot. I know there's going to be like this episode of the purge. Mm-hmm. Like a fucking, it's going to oh, be a purge. Mm-hmm. It would like, be. But see, but see, civilians, see, people think, people think. You defund the police, we stop the police killings, and then everything else stops with it. But what we don't address is no. our 13, our 13, 14, 15 year olds, 16 year olds out here killing each other. That's what no, we don't address. I don't even I don't even go into that because you had people saying, Oh, we need to take some of that money and allocate it towards, you know, mental health instead of, you know, people that's a schizo and this, that, and the third, instead of the cops showing up, we should have medical health providers do that. And I'm like, we have no. that. We, like, do. we do have uh-huh. that. We, do. we we have that. Jersey mm-hmm. City has it. And guess what happens? They, they get fucked show up. up. Sometimes they get fucked up or the person that's off their meds don't comply. Then we get and they call the cops. Yeah. Like, because they can't handle think, them. Do you think I really want to go to some of these calls? No. Hell no. Because I already know no, it's some no. bullshit. But I got to go anyway. Yep. Because it's oh, your yeah, responsibility, but, but I don't think people, I don't think the civilians or people understand that this is what you got, you guys, the job calls for. It calls for you guys to go and get this mentally they ill patient. And it's like, it's sad because there was incidents where cops have shot and killed mentally ill people. But it's like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. fucked up. The cops need to have some more, you know, discipline and control there. But it's Definitely. like, they, some, the same thing goes back to, to the cops that don't, that not from the hood. Some of those cops don't know what they're walking into. They don't, like they literally and, don't know what oh, they're no. walking into. That's when it sucks. Do you feel like, like you have the upper hand, like in your situation, like with being a certain, cop from the, from the, from in the certain situations? In certain situations, yeah, because I know people like if girl exhibit A, she got fucked up, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, I know exactly why she got fucked up. That puts me up one like one step ahead of the game. Like I know why she got fucked up. I know exactly who did it. I ain't gotta run after nobody. I ain't no, gotta show up at the nobody. House. I just gotta show up. <laughs> show up at the like, house. Come on. Or if I see something on, uh, you know, people go Facebook Live. I see something. That's see, such a okay, that's a great, great question. How, 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 uh, how much does social media play in uh, arrest today? Easy, because people can't shut the fuck up. Right. People, mm. people don't know how to move in silence. Like nope. real killers move in silence and violence. Yeah. You understand? Yep. So. You doing certain things, people are gonna post it. The internet is gonna post it, and once it's on the internet, it ain't going nowhere. It ain't it's going there nowhere. forever. Yep. So oh, I see no. certain things, and I'm like, yo, if people write certain things, and you're like, yo, 
people end up snitching on themselves worse than Bobby Smurda did in uh, Hot Nigga. Hot Nigga. And oh, so Bobby yo. did snitch on himself in that song. Yes, I yeah he, he certain things, but yes. yo I have to he get off now. right now. Um, when is the next well, time you want? Yeah, no, I'll, I have I'll to, get uh, in, I'll get in contact with you, bro, and we can finish because I had just one last question, and now it's, ahead, it's done. It, it, uh, police officers working in an increasingly violent and deadly situation. How do you handle it? Train, train how you fight. Um, there's many different ways where you listen. I I always look at it like this: you can't be scared going into every situation. You can have fear, but you can't be fucking shit scared. Mm-hmm. You can't let motherfuckers take your heart. Um, if you know that, you know, you not comfortable throwing hands, you better start getting comfortable. You better go take some type of MMA, jujitsu, boxing, kickboxing, boxing, wrestling, do mm-hmm. something. But just hoping that somebody don't punch you in your face is not good enough because no, once you get not. punched in the face <laughs> and you, 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 once you get punched in the that. face and the second you, you get punched in the face, your first instinct is to whip out a gun, you're wrong. Yeah. You got, it's time to throw down. It's time to... It's not equal force. Yeah. It's not equal, it's not equal force. force. So you got to get... We live, we live in a time where people are defying the police. And I understand why people are defying the police. But at the same time, as a cop, you can't go... You, you can't start up there once people are defiant. You got to learn how to talk people down. Mm-hmm. Listen, mm-hmm. I, I have a philosophy where... When I get to a situation, I want to talk you into handcuffs. I want you to feel honored to be arrested by me. Yes, that's, I want you to feel honored. That, that's funny, but it, I can understand it. I want you to feel honored. Like, it's been so many times I arrested motherfuckers, got them into the sand. Like, yo, you know what? You're a cool dude, bro. Like, I ain't even mad. It is what it is. Like, you got other motherfuckers. Like, listen, that would have been 10 times worse, yeah. And I have motherfuckers on the street that's like, yo, that yo, like Officer you was good. And I'm looking at him like, yo, remember you locked me up, man? Like, that. I'm like, oh, shit. Now I remember you. Was good, man. He's like, nah, man, that shit got thrown out. You know what I mean? I fucked up. You know what I mean? I ain't, I ain't trying to. I'm, I'm different, man. I'm good, different person. Man. I'm like, oh, good. Just don't get back in trouble because you heard what the judge said, right? Yeah, listen. So, do you, do you feel like you make a change then? To in a certain, or at least to trying certain, to make a change. I'm trying, and yeah, I, that's, I know that's I made of changes in certain people. I've seen certain people that I know that was in that life. That got arrested and they are trying to change slowly but surely. You know the streets kind of pulling them back, mm-hmm. but they trying. But um, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard out here for them, and hard. you got to understand that too. Because That's if the they don't have no, but yeah, Mark, it was good having you, man. Bad. I know you got to go. You probably got to get to work. I oh, mean, thank you for having you. Thanks for stopping by, and giving us some time, giving the people some some uh, knowledge out there. We're gonna have Mark back so we can talk about the, the Jewish shooting. And uh, yeah, Definitely. yeah, Bye. I have his Keep social baby. media link down below. I have the. The uh, organization that he's with, linked down below. So if you guys want to go and join up and help the cops, you know, get involved more in the community, yeah, right. you guys can do that. All right. So you guys yep. give it up for Mark for stopping by, man. Thank you, Mark. We appreciate right, you, brother. You, All right, brother. You be good. You be good. Take it easy. I see you, man. Peace. Take it easy. Bro. I'll see y'all again. All right. See you soon. Never repeat. All right. There we go. So, yeah, guys. I mean, that was a good one, man. I know we, uh, we kind of did it a little different because we was talking in between, mm-hmm. but we all boys, so you guys got to understand that when when mm-hmm. men do when we do get together when we, we boys for a long time, years, we we real. do incorporate regular boy talk into it, which helped us loosen up in my in my eyes. We loosened up a little bit. Mark was able to share some things as a cop 
that other cops wouldn't be comfortable sharing. He was able to talk about police brutality while being a black cop and in a dominated black area. You know, he is in, in, in Ward F, Jersey City, right where I am. And I have seen him do work. And he is a good cop, man. And we got to stop labeling these cops out here as all being bad. Yeah, there are bad apples. Bad. We need to work together as a community to figure out Mark where these bad apples person. are and get them out. On the other hand, like Mark addressed uh, or alluded to earlier, and like I said, they need to be held accountable. That was on Mark's end. And my end was consistently. We have to see it consistently. Every cop, every time they do something, they have to be held accountable. Because if not, and we're just going to keep having these police brutality things, we're going to keep having these you know, black people getting shot unarmed by, you know, power hungry cops or just black confusion people, overall. Right. Black people getting uh, uh, attacked by a cop for no reason. But then also on the black side, bro, you guys got to chill out. Yeah, I got an attitude. But like I like you heard in the podcast, bro, when me and T random cops ran up on us and didn't even introduce themselves and I was able to be like, yo, T, just put your hands up and I got it. And I was able mm -hmm. to answer all his questions in a, in a, in a respectable way to where we got we okay. left. That situation could have ended up bad because they literally hopped out on us with no identification. They didn't tell us they were cops. I was just smart enough to hear the doors, look back, realize they were cops, know they were coming for us, and address the situation as needed. I call it the birds of the bad chain on one of them. Yeah, most the one that you saw. Yeah, out already. Most of us don't take the time to think about it. Most of us just act off pure emotions. Like I said, why are you stopping me? Why are you pulling me over, officer? You ain't got no right to pull me over. No, I'm not getting out of my car. What did Mark say as a black cop that gets pulled over? What does he say? Just tell, apply with him. Look, listen, you pulled me over for a traffic ticket. This doesn't, this does not require me to get out of my car, but it's how you guys talk to them, bro. Because if you calm and you stay calm the whole way and they see that their tone or their aggressive ain't bothering you, yep. guess what they're going to do? They're going to calm the fuck down. But when you guys are rowdy, when you guys are rowdy, that gives them the excuse to jump on you, to pull you out your car, to hurt you, to whip out their gun, to tease you, to mace you. We have to be better on our end. We literally have to be better on our end. Like right. if we're better on our end, it forces them to be better on their end, and to, to and it shows the light or puts the light more on th what they are doing than what we are doing. Because right now they're not sitting here saying, "Oh, you know, yeah, cops do do this to black people, but and black people are innocent." No, they're going. Look how they act. Look how they act when we stop them. Look how they act to us when we approach them. Every cop isn't the same, and you guys have to remember they are human, just like we are. We are right. human. We all make mistakes. We all we all we all make mistakes. We all mess up. All right. So do them. Some of them are evil people. Yes. Just like some of our government are evil people. Yes. But we have the power as the community that they protect, as the community they serve to 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 get things done the right way, to force them to do things the right way. We all have to step up and do it. This isn't an individual thing. This isn't I'm a cry out and people are going to gravitate towards me and then help me know we have to stick stick together and get it done together because if not we'll never get anywhere we'll be right here in the same situation with power hungry cops beating us up killing us because they are afraid because they're not they're not from our neighborhoods that's another thing that needs to change they we need cops from our neighborhood we need the ones that grew up here mm -hmm. that spent all their lives here because now they like know the environment they know what causes these uh, these situations. They know what causes a person to gravitate this way or gravitate that way. That's what we need. But we as civilians have the power to fix it. Now, today is T Brown's quote of the day. So we're going to kick it over to T Brown so he can give us the quote of the day. Uh, 
And with that being said, quote of the day would be, if you don't stand for anything, wait, wait, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. You'll fall for anything, baby. And right. a lot of you guys fall for what you see on TV. So that is a great quote, Jerome. Stop these, mis- these misconceptions about police brutality. Yes, you heard it from a cop. It is real. Cops do do it. Yes, we know it's real. Uh, Stop blaming all of them because it ain't all of them. Always mm-hmm. remember that at some point in your life, you're going to need to call them. Oh, no. And, and they're going to remember what you say about them. All right? Oh, now I'm, play- I'm playing. A good, yeah. cop, a good cop won't hold that against you. But that's just to show you, I am a jokester. I do like joking. We are going to try to make a little little bit more fun out of this show and be loose with it. As you see me drinking my little red, red sweet wine, you know? Yeah, but yeah, no, it's overall a good conversation. I hope you guys can take some out of these. Um, from him being in the army and being shot by a Taliban, and what he's seen on his end to uh, the conspiracies he thinks about being there. Like, there's a lot that you guys can take away from, but you you do got to open your mind up and be better in in your body and in yourself. So when you do have an encounter or you do want to go into the military, your mindset is right for it. Because a lot of people go into situations where their mindset is. But this your boy Troy. This your boy C Brown. And this is the What's Up Brother podcast. We gonna right. catch you guys later. Peace. Peace out.